Soy, the final frontier. I'm Comrade Britain. I'm Nate. I'm Comrade Tyler. <laughs> These are the voyages of the USS Soyager, our ongoing mission to seek out old Star Trek episodes, both cringe and based, and to boldly Piscopo, where Joe Buddy has gone before. Soy Trek the Podcast is here. Communist, unless we have a less leftist guest. Patrick, I'm here. And Brad, I'm here. Talking, joking, farting, and shitting all about Star Trek. Like our buttholes, the show is Rex. Soy Trek, the podcast is here. So listen to Soy Trek. Right in your ears. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Hello, howdy, 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 howdy. Welcome to the bridge. Mm, thank you. We have we have some Did guests in it. Yeah. We have, he said mmm. 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 <laughs> yummy? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's cool. No, this this is gonna be a very yummy podcast, everybody. Mm mm mm. Lick it on up. Uh, I am Comrade Britain. The podcast is Soy Trek, and we have some guests today. Announce yourselves. Hello, my name is Tyler. Uh, I'm also a comrade. I'm from the Bruce Campbell podcast and the Animorphic Time podcast. Hell yeah! Thing. I'm, I'm Nate. I'm from those same two things, <laughs> and that other third thing. Ooh. Oh. A secret third thing or a public thing? No, no, no. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're a bunch of commies over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we, we can love, be upfront with that. We love to. I, I said I was a cumrag in the intro. That was a lie. You're not that. You, you, you don't can, know. You can be that and communist. I feel like most yeah. communists are that too. Like, what what kind of communist are you if you don't masturbate and just like shoot it right over your belly, then put a shirt on, go to work? I, uh, you know what? Honestly, agree. A quick game of tummy banana before work always gets me ready to take care of dying humans for 12 and a half hours. Right? I mean, you know your your nurse is a good nurse if they be smelling like cum. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, they, got, they got all the human on them. You know? It's, yeah. yeah. If anything, it's natural. It, 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 helps, it helps the healing. Oftentimes, my patients need the vital fluids of life, and I yeah. have them all over me. Also, like, do you want your nurse to smell like cum or blood, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they say that it's uh, every, every man in their life uh, will come blood, and that's totally normal. But peeing blood, you should go to the doctor immediately. That's 100% correct. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, what do you expect to come out when you've done it so many times in a day? <laughs> it's never been blood. Yeah, it's, you got to go a few more times, man. Maybe, yeah. you know what, maybe I don't love the person enough. <laughs> Yourself? <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever's happening, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Myself. Yeah. 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 I'm loving yourself. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, we have the the two fellas from the Bruce Campbell podcast here today. I was a guest on your show. I don't know a couple months ago. Uh, we went ahead and we reviewed Menos Mind because it had mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell, not just Bruce Campbell. But we also had Billy Campbell, who we'll be talking about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Michael Dorn in that. Uh, mm-hmm. We had Robert Picardo. Uh, we had um, 
uh, uh, Corbin Burnson, who's also on Star mm-hmm. Trek, just a, a cast full of Star Trek folks. So I'd, uh, I thought I'd bring you guys on, uh, kind of bring it around, wrap it all up, and, uh, you know, do another Billy Campbell episode. So with that, my name is Comrade Britton, and I'm not Billy Campbell. My name is Comrade Tyler, and I'm also not Billy Campbell. My name is Pure of Heart, Nate. And uh, you know what? I, I, I'm not Billy Campbell, but I want to be. I think I think we all secretly kind of want to be Billy Campbell. Billy I wouldn't. Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell. I went into a hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I definitely went in a hole making that today. Um, I, I was just like, oh, I'm gonna make a thing with like the wobbly voice, like they do, and I just like kept on adding layers. And at the end, I'm like, my God, what have I done? <laughs> you you simulated ketamine, but you did. <laughs> yeah, I really did. I really, did. you know, it's it's been a while since I've done any K, but I really went like uh, I put myself in the K hole, you know. Yeah, well, once once you go in the K hole, you can never come back. You know. No, and I think it's I think it's fitting to be in the Billy Campbell hole, considering his first appearance on screen. He's showing hole. He's Wait. bent over. Oh, very much. Let, oh. Can we call it the Camp hole? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so so it's the Campbell from now on. Uh, but yeah, we uh, we took a trip into the Billy Campbell hole today, um, and uh, we watched the outrageous Okana. Uh, Star Trek TNG episode four from season two first aired on December 12th, 1988, which is uh, the year I was born to age myself here. Um, I was three. Th- yeah. Yeah. Three, three was a good year. December 10th, 1985. My last name. No, I won't. <laughs> no. Give out any no, more not, not going to give out. Um, I mean, at least the last four of your social. Come on. How about how about this? <laughs> my, my my credit card security code is nine six one. You got to figure out the rest. That's, that's oh, dang. Good. You know, I only have to figure out sixteen more digits from there. Sixteen random and digits. And zip code. Come, that's not difficult. Come on. You don't even need the zip code for half the places anymore. That's true. Yeah. So, if anyone wants to uh, crack that code, hit me up. <laughs> Uh, so we watched the outrageous Okana. Um, the, let's see what else here. Oh, the teleplay for this was by a guy named Burton Armis. If you're familiar with that last name, this is the person that they named the uh, the, the the tar monster Armis after that killed Tasha Yar in season one. 
Uh, hell he, yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> Go arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. He's uh, best known for writing nine episodes of Kojak, five episodes of Knight Rider, and three episodes of Airwolf. So he's he's done the whole gamut of, of talking vehicle shows, <laughs> including this one, because the fucking ship talks. You know? It does. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. So Man, this, that, this episode feels like it was written by a murderous black goo. What? Yeah, you're not. I mean, a murderous black goo that has some swag, though. Yeah, definitely. Jesus, definitely some swag. No, when you asked us to do this one, I was like, "Oh, that's the one with Billy Campbell," because you know, yeah, Meadow's mine. Mm -hmm. I completely forgot it was the worst secondhand embarrassment episode of me too i totally forgot i had no idea it was the piscopo episode and i've been like dreading doing it on this podcast and i just <laughs> drew that shit out of a hat for funsies it's such a b-plot that moves directly to like jay oh <laughs> god Let, let's be honest uh if if, if piscopo had his way it would be the end plot <laughs> yeah uh -huh. god i didn't I a Brit, I gotta say I'm sorry for showing you all the Episcopo. <laughs> no, I am, no, no, I I have it queued up. We're gonna play it later in the show because <laughs> yeah, I I don't want listeners to keep listening to this. Uh, um, <laughs> I I went down a Episcopo hole so bad today. Episcopo, 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 whole Episcopo. <laughs> Thank you. Yep, <laughs> going down some holes today. <laughs> yeah, this man, he's. An Italian homunculus Jimmy Fallon from the 70s and 80s, and I hate him. That heat was good. Yeah, I mean, sure, you can drop an N-word on Jimmy Carson and Saturday Night Live, respectively, but Dead Heat was worth it. Yeah, yeah, Dead Heat was... I mean, to, to be fair, the guy was in his, like, early 20s at that point, you know? He was, uh, he was part of that whole young revolution thing on SNL when they, like hired eddie murphy when he was 18 and they're like hey let's get some other funny young guys guess what there weren't any other funny young guys no. uh no. just eddie murphy uh, no I, w I watched a bit where joe piscopo did jerry lewis to jerry lewis oh no then, then brought out eddie murphy to also do jerry lewis no. to jerry lewis Why? and it was i swear to god it was the first time in my life i ever found jerry lewis funny because <laughs> joe piscopo was such a black hole of charisma. I was like, oh, I kind of get Jerry Lewis now. And then Eddie Murphy comes out and does a better impression of Jerry Lewis than Joe Piscopo. It was awful. This guy is trash. Yeah. That's so sad. That's his only bit. And Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy does it better. Yeah. Like, that's his one ace in the hole is Jerry Lewis. Yeah. I mean, it's I feel like he has other aces in the hole. It's just they're completely unacceptable. Every single <laughs> one. <of them. laughs> yeah, like he's, he's good at a lot of things that nobody wants to see ever. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, let's yeah. get into his Bruce Lee. No, let's not. <laughs> we, we, we definitely will. Trust me. <laughs> so anyway, um, we start out on a captain's log. Of course, we got Picard speaking here. Captain's log, stardate 42402.7. We are traveling in the Omega Satija system, traversing between the twin planets that form the coalition of Medina. Both worlds are populated by a humanoid race which colonized the t planets two centuries ago and which now coexist under a precarious but successful treaty. So uh, we start out and uh, the Enterprise-D uh, stumbles upon a starship with one humanoid inside. And it seems to be there's, uh, there's some problems going on with this ship. It's a cargo carrier called Erstwhile, which I gotta say, really great name for a ship. 
Uh, yeah, totally agreed. Yeah. I called that out in my notes too. I also mm-hmm. called out that it was the Medina system and Felix Medina from Menno's Mind. It's like someone knew Holy what they were. Sh- I didn't even yep. think about that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, maybe it's the amphetamines that have my brain going <laughs> 200 miles an hour, but I'm seeing some connections you know, here. I'm on 20 milligrams of Adderall right now, and uh, I didn't catch that. I could barely even tolerate the Bruce Lee thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I want what drugs you're on, honestly. It's uh, just depression. I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Natural drugs. Yeah. Brain oh, drugs. Okay. Maybe I need to. Yeah. Stop doing my uh, my mood stabilizer. Because uh, damn. The the unremarkability of my personal life I fill with connections to pop culture between pop cultures. It's just how I live. Hey, that's why I have a podcast. Congrats. Yes, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, the Enterprise opens hailing frequencies and meets none other than Tadian Okana, played by none other than our Billy Campbell. Yeah, William Campbell, as he is in the credits. He certainly is. Uh, he, he's the captain and sole inhabitant of this vessel. Um, he notes to the captain, he says himself, that he's both charming and talented, and Picard <laughs> seems unimpressed because Picard is not nearly gay enough. <laughs> um, let's be honest. Uh, Okana, immediately charming and talented. It's obvious, right? The dude has swag. Yeah, I mean, he's got a ponytail. He dressed like he's an ice pirate. I was all in. 100%. Ice pirate swag, a million percent. Yes. It's, you know, I'm I'm with Worf. I'm not impressed by his ship. <laughs> oh. It just has lasers. <laughs> Those puny-ass lasers. He doesn't want anything to do with it. Now, no. Okana, just send him back into space. Mm. It, I mean, at first, it's jarring. Okana is, I mean, outrageous and jarring. He's off tone for Star Trek, mm-hmm. which is fine. I like that about some Star Trek episodes when they blow their tone out of the water. Mm-hmm. And considering the guest star later in the episode, I, w- I kept asking, when are they going to go back to Okana? <laughs> when are they going to go back to Okana? Yeah, because the B-plot really becomes not necessarily an A-plot, but it takes up half of the fucking episode. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is. It is a big time waster, which, you know, I think um, I think they were really uh, sinking. a. Uh, they, they thought they were really sinking a basket with this one. Um, I, I feel like this didn't uh, age well at all. I, I think some of it did for my personal taste. Like, mm-hmm. I think you should be able to walk around and fuck whoever you want as long as they're into it. Like Okana. Oh, no. The Okana part was great. The rest of the episode was. Uh, uh, it's got. It's got problems with women and pregnancy, I so think. Is is Okana Poochie? <laughs> so so yeah. not to like mix so many pop references. Yes. But like, you know, Okana comes in and everyone describes him as the coolest guy ever. He is. Yeah. He's like right. wearing the sunglasses. Uh, he should be. Um, but I mean, <laughs> you know, a, a ponytail really is a back of your head sunglasses when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it, it it shades the back of your head. It's very cool, like sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and he will fuck you. He will fuck. He will. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll you know, it like, up and stick it in your pussy straight up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to grow out my goatee into a ponytail, a front ponytail goatee. Oh yeah, yeah. like uh, the, that is mischievous, irreverent, and somewhat brazen. Yeah. I would call you roguish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, abs- that that is a very roguish thing to do. Um, just oh. like the the bassist from uh, System of a Down, he's definitely rogue. <laughs> oh God, you know he sticks his braided uh, goatee and in, right in some buttholes. I mean, who wouldn't? If you got it, use it. Yeah, who's, if you don't who's use it, you lose it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
No, I genuinely, I genuinely like Okana as Star Trek's attempt at a Han Solo. He is. It's, he's like, um, to me, he's like a Riker who eats ass, no questions. Okay, Riker yeah. does that. Yeah. No, no, Riker asks questions. Riker's, Riker's <laughs> like, so do you be waxing back there? And like, he's he's got a couple questions. You know, he, he, he plays the trombone, though. I think that he he knows what to do down there. And it's oh, just, you he, know. he does, and he's always down for a rusty trombone. But he's gonna be asking questions first. He's yeah. like, oh. like first and foremost, do it be rusty. <laughs> O'Connor will fuck people without showering in between people. Mm. Is what I get. You, That's yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he he will literally fuck two people in a row with the same condom on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He doesn't know what condoms are. Yeah, I was going to say, if anything, he turns it inside out. <laughs> Ribbed yeah. for my pleasure. Sorry, babe. <laughs> he just takes a sock off his foot, puts it on his dick. He's good enough. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, back, to, back to the episode here. Um, Okana's having problems with the ship, and uh, he's very charming and talented, so they offer to uh, repair his faulty guidance system. Uh, Deanna Troy is there sitting in a chair, and uh, they ask her opinion, and uh, her opinion is horny. Yep. Yeah. Very. I mean, she, she says Bedroom a bunch I. of shit like, uh, oh, he's he has rogue-like characteristics, and, and then uh, Data's like, a rogue and then he names off a bunch of syllables it's it's very early data very kind of dumb um, yeah Tro- troy is really flexing her muscles on like analyzing the situation in that he's horny yeah <laughs> right I like, like so. nobody nobody could figure that out <laughs> right right like she she's like he's look at him he's obviously a fuck boy and yeah. riker's like what's that like <laughs> come on riker come on i love that this is riker when he still has boundaries Kind of, but at the same time, I feel like you can tell, like, there's a palpable, like, fondness he has for Okana, like, the mm-hmm. moment he sees him. Like, you know that he's thinking, like, damn, I should quit fucking Starfleet. This is this is the life I need to live. I, I, I saw it as Riker looking at Okana thinking, that was me before I grew up. That too, I, and that's the impression I got when he had the talk with Wesley, um, mm-hmm. and because he he was very serious about we, with Wesley, like, uh, well, I mean, he does his thing by his own rules, but uh, you know, you, you can you can choose your own thing. And Wesley's like, I already have. I'm never gonna have sex. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, um, they uh, so fucking, basically, Deanna Troy says he's a fuckboy. And yeah. uh, Riker seems pretty excited to have a fellow fuckboy as a guest. He He's doing the beard smile pretty heavy here. Uh, this is pretty soon after he's grown the beard. So this is the fourth episode of season two. So he's only had the beard for a few episodes here. So he's still getting used to it. It's still not full of all those pussy juices and stuff. So, you know. No, it's it's inaugural beard Riker. Mm-hmm. And he's he carries a different power with that beard. He does. Okay. I like Beardless Riker. I think Beardless Riker's underrated. But Bearded Riker, that guy knows. He knows. Oh, he knows. He's He the, knows. The more he has the beard, the less questions he asks before he eats the booty. You know? <laughs> At some point, he's like, well, I mean, worst that can happen is it puts a nice patina on the beard. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, like, he's exuding dad energy. And I feel like dad energy is very much like, you know, oh, you don't like that food? I'll eat it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But but he's exuding dad energy of dad who's trying for another kid. 
So he's like, <laughs> yep. yeah. mm-hmm. he, he, he has that like that little grin like, oh yeah, I'm getting laid by my wife tonight. Which is uh, a <laughs> very, very, very specific energy that, uh, hmm. that, that you feel pretty often once you're around too many dads. And I love that O'Connor, as soon as he hears Terry Hatcher offer to beam him over he's like is that a woman i'm hearing yes yeah and then and then you and then it shows Riker's face and Riker just like grins and i'm like yeah he knows he yeah knows. Riker, like this is my son like yeah. o'connor is my son yeah exactly he's like oh well uh you know just uh a computer unlock all women's doors bring o'connor over it's uh I, I don't get how they're so blasé about it though like he i that sounds like he's a parasite what it's, it sounds like i mean like you know they, they fly around space they get in wacky space adventures i feel like if okana was just like oh is that a woman huh i'd like to meet them and he starts licking his lips <laughs> like I, i'm with Worf. i don't trust okana he's up to something yeah that's because Worf is a prude yeah but, but I, so but we see so uh as you mentioned terry hatcher is in this episode uh playing mm-hmm. uh, transporter chief lieutenant robinson uh, interesting fact about this is Terry Hatcher asked to be removed from the credits of this episode because they removed most of her footage. Apparently she was in multiple scenes and uh, they gave her this scene and then a scene where she fucks Okana. And that's it. Which, uh, you know, um, maybe not the best way to like set up a character at all. Yeah, no, like no, not good for Terry Hatcher's no. character, but great for I mean, Billy Campbell. But yeah, is I mean, was she going to become the Miles O'Brien? <laughs> like, I mean, come on, I mean, who cares? I mean, I think we might have missed out on something great if she could have been a Miles O'Brien. I mean, Miles <laughs> O'Brien is great, but like, imagine her on DS Nine. I kept imagining. O'Connor fucking Miles O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine him coming over and like, was, would it be the same if Chief O'Brien was there? Like, O'Connor comes in the ship, he calls Worf the N-word, basically. <laughs> I mean, and then he like walks over to O'Brien. He's like, "Yo, Chief, you need that dick sucked." <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's not entirely out of his wheelhouse. You know, no. he's he's straight leaning, and I think straight coded in this, but. You know, look at the guy. Look at him, yeah. He's, and we should mention the first thing he says on the Enterprise is a race thing to Worf. He, yeah, he says something like, uh, oh, a, I see you have a, a, uh, a Klingon security officer. Didn't ha- couldn't find any wars to fight or some shit like that, which is like, yo, dude, fucking chill. And that's, that's I mean... He goes right into more like race and lineage stuff with Terry Hatcher. Didn't you remark that, Nate? Yeah, the the beauty phrenology he does right after mm-hmm. like he's a beautiful woman is like, ah, oh, you have the skull of a of a uh, king. Or yeah. Something. yeah, you have the skull of a much richer person. You come from a noble family, it's like noble stock or something. Yeah, it's that's pretty. Okana, cool. Okana, what a guy. Yeah, yeah, not. Uh... I mean, O'Connor's out there living the Joe Piscopo dream, I think, of just uh, saying things you shouldn't say. And that's what's wild. Joe Piscopo lived that life. He got everything he wanted for mm. decades. Decades? No reaper- I mean, a decade for, and a half. For, for, I think from like 1980 to 1991, maybe. 
I mean, he's rolling in that Fox and Friends pussy right now. I watched a clip. It's wild. Wait, he's on Fox and Friends now? 2021, they interviewed him talking about how the left canceled Columbus Day and how (laughs) Joe Piscopo took that as a personal attack on his personal grandparents who came over from Naples and Salerno. Oh, wow. You know, we want... You know he watches that episode of The Sopranos and just like jerks off to it, right? He has to. Like he agrees with it completely. It was it was fucking wild. She's like, uh, the Marxist professor Howard Zinn, who teaches all of our children to hate Columbus, <laughs> is ruining America. What do you have to say about that, Joe Piscopo? And he's like, My grandparents came over from Italy. This is a personal affront to me, Joe Piscopo. You're ruining the melting pot of America. It's not surprising. He's a chronic and friends type of person. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he shouldn't lead anything. He's just an and friend. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like he needs to come at Howard Zinn and actually, like, write the Piscopo's uh, history of the United States of America. Oh, God. I would read the fuck out of that book so bad. I, I would, too. It would be just, like, a word-for-word recounting, except, like, every time there's anyone ethnic in there, just, like, you know, he does his impression. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yep. I cannot wait till we get to that. Well, uh, I I can, I truly can. <laughs> um, so, uh, O'Connor beams aboard, uh, tries to fuck Terry Hatcher. She's totally, totally down. Uh, he does this move where he like leans into her, and he's like, uh, "So maybe later we could talk about our, uh, I think, mutual attraction." And I'm like, "Damn, this dude is even better than Riker." Like, I I got wet. Uh, he's fast. Yes, yeah, he's, he's fast. super fast. Like like Riker takes his time, uh, but but this guy's just like I got people to come in, so uh, <laughs> you know, fucking get in line or get out. And I mean, let's be honest, Riker's got the right idea. You should enjoy your meal. There yeah, is a time and a place for eating fast food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Okana's a trucker. He needs trucker food. <laughs> yeah, he needs a lot lizards, and uh, yeah. the ship is full of them. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Man, the way Lot Lizards held has held on is just incredible to me. Uh, I mean, Lot Lizards do have a airtight grip; they will hold on for dear life. <laughs> and given Trucker's political ideology, Lot Lizard means something else now. They put the three parentheses around lizard. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Um, so. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. On the way, uh, all truckers are racist pieces of shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's fair. Not not all truckers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be some 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 good ones out there. Yeah, ice cream truck drivers. Those are. The- there we go. Uh, uh, what about ice road truck drivers? No, those those guys. No, nope. no, no. They're in Alaska. They're especially yep. bad. Um, yeah. So, uh, also while doing this, uh, Okana fucking charms the shit out of Wesley Crusher. And pretty sure he turns Wesley Crusher gay, but they never talk about it, ever. <laughs> this, yeah, this is definitely grooming Wesley Crusher to traverse space-time with an older man. Yes. I mean, you know, the Traveler did did some pretty good grooming himself, but, like, Okada's really laying the groundwork of, like, uh, hey, it's cool to be with another guy in space, kind of... <laughs> It's not hard to seduce Crusher. I mean, he's in love with anything that like is confident or has authority. You heard it here first. Nate said he could easily seduce a child. <laughs> just, just Crusher. Crusher. Yeah. Just Crusher. Just Crusher. 
Mm-hmm. Not not willingly. Accidentally do it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, hard not, it's hard not to. Don't accidentally seduce a child. Like, all you have to do is give the kid eye contact and say you're doing a good job, and he's, <laughs> he's like, undoing his pants already. Like, well, I mean, when the only father figure in your life is someone who visibly has nothing but disdain for your existence and place on the bridge, I could get why Wesley keyed into Okana. I mean, in, uh, therein, I feel like they really missed the mark uh, because uh, f- on episode one, uh, Encounter at Farpoint of TNG, like Riker and Wesley take to each other immediately. And uh, Picard intentionally says, like, I'm not good with children. Could you take care of the children? And Riker's like, yeah, I'm fucking great with kids. I'll do that. Uh, but it never really, like, sets him up as, like, any kind of father figure, although, it, whereas, like, I think he would have been a good father figure um, in lieu of Picard, because Picard's just a fucking kind of a dickhead mm-hmm. to the kids, you know? And also... But, like, you know, yeah. Picard's, Picard's got a thing for Crusher, though, so it's like, you know, you, it has to happen that way. I mean, could... Uh, Riker can have a thing for Crusher, too. Riker has a thing for everybody with a with a vagina. Yeah, Riker... And lots of <laughs> things without. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. Um, he went, he could have been a father figure. Instead, he became a fathering figure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. And then he actually like had kids and I still don't really buy the father thing from him. Like I, I just need him to be a space fuck boy. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what it is. A res- respectful space fuck boy. Yeah. Yeah. Respectful married space fuck boy. Uh, so Okana and everyone go to engineering to try to fix his guidance system, and he talks to Jordy LaForge. Uh, LaForge asks Okana why he pushes his vessel so hard, as stress tests have indicated that he has put his ship past its operational capabilities. Uh, Okana tells Forge that he is often forced to add zeal and flamboyishness to the doldrums of his existence. I had that line written down too. It's so <laughs> fucking good. It's it's yeah. ridiculous. It's it's overwritten. It's overwrought. Like it, it's like classic TNG writing to where some guys like, oh, I could I can do fucking Shakespeare in space. <laughs> and that's what I loved about this because halfway through this episode turns into a weird mashup of Romeo and Juliet and Midsummer Night's Dream where Okana is the fucking puck running around. You're not wrong. I mean, I just, it, it's a little sad though that he's just looking for zest and in, in zeal in his life. Like, I just picture him in his, like, in the intrepid, oh, sorry, the erstwhile, mm-hmm. just like lighting a match and holding his hand over it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the, he's the kind of guy who, like, would just replicate bigger and bigger dildos just to feel the pain. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He yeah. just needs that yeah. zest. Yeah. He needs, he needs the, the, the zest. He's got doldrums. He's got a, you know... He's got a death wish. Blow those like, doldrums I'm gonna push, out. Yeah. I'm going to push this ship until it explodes. Yeah. We fucking, we'd love to see it. <laughs> so uh, later, uh, while walking with Data in a corridor, Okana questions his ability to comprehend humor and other human characteristics, apparently finding the concept of an emotionless android fascinating. Um, Okana tells a couple jokes, and Data doesn't get any of them. Uh, he then goes to spend time with Robinson in her quarters, and he's like, uh, hey, I'm going to go do a thing now. You probably don't want to follow. And Data's like, uh, what do you mean by that? And then um, he just opens up the door to, to Robinson's quarters. Given this is the second time him and Robinson have ever interacted at all, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like he went, yep. 
He went to go repair his thing, came right back, and Robinson is ready to go. She's wearing the red nightdress, which, you know, if I, if I know Terry one Hatcher. thing. Yeah. Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Here's yeah. you. Yeah. Now You yeah. deserved a better Superman. She she really did. Yeah. Uh, wait, she was she was with Dean Kane, right? Yeah. Oh mm. man. Wow. Mm. Dean Kane. There's a guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not, not going to take in the cursed knowledge of Dean Kane. I have enough. Yeah, yeah. No, Piscopo's enough for you. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, probably probably No, it's it's what is this also the interaction where because uh, he like dunks on Data for not understanding humor. Mm-hmm. Data wants to understand humor. Yeah, and this is where Okana mentions that love is also having an erection, which I genuinely love. That this man cannot separate love from erection, kind of like Job from Arrested Development. Yeah, I mean, why would you separate those two things? You know, <laughs> if you put them together, you know, happy wife, happy life, that kind of thing. So no, uh, I don't. No, he's got a yeah. He's just got a big hard space cock, and uh, that that's his zest and zeal. You know, no more. He is a bit of an asshole to to data though, right? Because he essentially tells him like, "Well, why don't you just go off and fuck a computer?" Right? Yeah, like that. That's kind of the message he gives. So uh, I feel like there's a reason that he's an asshole to data in this, like a very specific reason, and that's because this is one of two episodes of season two where Doctor Pulaski does not exist. <laughs> and so you need a android racist asshole somewhere on the ship dropping those lines because that's all of season two for some reason. And so, uh, you know, might as well be Okana. He he's gets to be Pulaski, too. And I got to I gotta kind of side with Okana here a little bit because mm-hmm. Data's not understanding things was turned way up in this because, I don't know, Britt, you probably have received replies online where you'll make a joke and someone's like, that's not accurate. And it's like, well, I'm not going for accuracy. I'm going for a joke. And sometimes data in this was feeling like the worst reply guys in the fucking world. Oh, a hundred percent. He's, he's pedant- pedantic about jokes, which is yes. like the worst thing you can possibly be. Like if you don't like a joke, you know, and you're like on the internet or something, you, you like downvote it and you move on. Like that you don't, you don't try to like delve into the joke you don't try to get like a greater meaning for the joke because especially with memes and shit, it's not there, you know? No, no, no. never. Like, like I hated that this episode turned data into what Bruno Kirby from good morning, Vietnam. Where he's like, <laughs> I, know in my heart, I know in my heart, I'm funny mm-hmm. when he's just the not funniest person in the world. Yes. And the I, ship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there is like narrative meat to trying to teach someone to understand humor Mm. I just don't think they pull it off with this. They put because they, they give way too much air to Joe Piscopo and not enough to Data because Data is the interesting character in this. Mm-hmm. Instead, we get a fucking Jerry Lewis impersonation. Yeah, yeah, and I I feel like the the casting director when they they got Joe Piscopo is like, yeah, I fucking scored. We're gonna have to put this guy on like fifty percent of the screen time. And, <laughs> um, whoever made that decision, uh, I mean, it's it's. Star Trek Next Generation Season 2. There's a lot of bad decisions made in this season. <laughs> uh, in the- Gene Roddenberry up in the office just laughing, watching the Miller Lite commercials over <laughs> and over. <laughs> yeah, you know he fucking loved those commercials. Huh. You know, Yeah. Um, God, should we get into those yet? I don't know. No, no. no, we got to introduce Joe Piscopo first. Yeah, we got to we gotta, we gotta wait until at least he does like the Jerry Lewis. Yeah. <sighs> 
Okay, so we're uh, all dreading it so bad. We are. I'm. I'm just like trying to like bring the synopsis to a crawl, so I don't have to get to that part. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's uh, we we just need to rip the bandaid off here. So. Uh, we go over to engineering, and uh, Riker's talking to LaForge about the repairs on O'Connor's system, and it seems to be going pretty well. Um, then Wesley Crusher asks Riker, uh, while working at the Master Systems Display Table, what he thinks about O'Connor. And this is, in my opinion, easily the best scene of the entire episode. Mm-hmm. And perhaps the only good scene in the entire episode. Um, so Riker explains uh, to Crusher that O'Connor is an interesting individual who knows how to operate his ship about as well as he knows how to operate people. Which is a really good line and a great way to say like, yeah, he fucking fucks his ship and he fucking fucks everybody else too. Which is, (laughs) you know, it's very diplomatic of him. Um, And we all know people that live like that. Absolutely. Yeah, we- Nate lives like that. Yeah, I, I go from lot to lot. Um, <laughs> lizard I, I, to lizard. I, I, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's like yeah. The, you're right, and like this is the best thing, and I think that's the best line, mm-hmm. right? Because it really sums up like how we should feel about Okana mm-hmm. now. The intel becomes like this word. He be, he's too perfect in this episode. I think that's that's been generally like my my thought watching this is that nobody has complaints about Okana, but they are mm-hmm. suspicious of his lifestyle and say it's like not for me. Right. I think that Okana sucks. Yeah, Okana is a bad person. He's a he, cautionary tale. Yeah, well, he he uses his ship like he uses people in that like they're tools for his enjoyment, mm-hmm. right? And it's just it's never evident, right? He he's there just to add excitement to his own life, not necessarily to enrich others, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, he he is he is like a traditional fuckboy in that he's uh, you know somewhat of a a user. I don't know if I'd say emotional manipulator, but he definitely does find his way into red dresses very quickly. Yeah, it's this is why it's hard with Okana, like because oh, they hard, want you to, right. It's very hard. They <laughs> want you to like him. They want you to enjoy him. And for the most part, he's fun. He's quirky. He is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And the people he fucks seem to be into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just he's like the the only people. I don't. I don't know. We'll get to the people who don't like him. He does some weird race shit, but people Worf see, doesn't like him. <laughs> well, yeah, Worf doesn't like him. But yeah, I mean, Worf doesn't like anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to hate him. I definitely would hate to be around him for too long because those people are grating after a while. Well, luckily he just leaves on his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's like the guy you meet at the club who's looking for coke. Um, but like doesn't really have any friends so he can't find coke you know uh, which the, is... the nicest dressed guy in the bathroom looking at you with hungry eyes <laughs> he, he is definitely the nicest dressed guy in the bathroom 100% yeah yeah um, yeah and he's, he's, he's a real character I don't know I'm still split on him I think he's definitely got good qualities um, and in more than anything, I feel like he's just like kind of a different iteration in a different shadow of what Riker would have been under different conditions. And yeah. In as much, uh, I don't know if y'all knew this, but Billy Campbell was originally slated to be Riker. It would have been wild, wildly different. I think so. I mean, the first season, I think it would have been pretty similar. 
Mm-hmm. But after that, after the beard is grown, I see like a pretty big divergence between like their two styles in general. Yeah, like watching this episode, comparing it to Menno's mind, you get to see pluckish, energetic, sexually charged Billy Campbell. I think Billy Campbell's great in this role mm-hmm. because you can look at him, you can be like, oh, he's funny, he's charming. Oh, he's also kind of a piece of shit. There's energy, there's life. Mm-hmm. Like this guy can perform. Mm-hmm. And then you look at something like Menno's mind where he's just staring blankly ahead through the whole movie it's like was that an acting choice or did he just not care about the paycheck from showtime this guy obviously has some juice he's the fucking rocketeer mm-hmm. what is going on here yeah menos mind was uh very different because like he has some fucking riz in this episode in menos mind he has uh whatever the opposite of riz is <laughs> uh wrong yeah he's got wrong <laughs> so much so much of it um yeah, he, he's just like, I mean, he's, but it kind of makes sense, like, in the context of Menno's mind, because there's no point in the movie where he, like, you know, makes a grand romantic anything. He's, he's not a fuckboy. He's, uh, I'd say, like, Bruce Campbell, more than anybody, is kind yeah. of the fuckboy of that film. Absolutely. Um, it, you, you know, like, it would have been a tragedy if, if um, Billy Campbell was Riker, right? And I think it's because, I, I put this together just now, is mm-hmm. that... Um, Billy Campbell is a Tom Paris. Yes, mm-hmm. totally. Right? Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. where, like he, he wouldn't be responsible, right? Like you know, Riker at the very least is responsible as number two, mm-hmm. right? So, so unless there's some non-binary pussy about, well, yeah, so, no, then, oh, then it's so over. Yeah, he'll break I, the rules. Then. I mean, so I think the big difference between O'Connor and Riker is Riker text back within an hour. Yeah. Yep. O- Okana is like the guy who might text you back later that week, maybe. You like you run into Okana and you say, "You left me on red." And Okana <laughs> would say, "All my texts are on red." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would. And then he'd like uh, be like, "Oh, you want a drink?" And yeah, exactly. Then he'd try to fuck you, uh, which you know. Begrudging, That's fine. Yeah, there are be, worse things. Be, begrudging respect. Begrudging yeah. respect. At least he's like offering you a drink, uh, offering to read. He's re-connect. got his thing. Yeah. <laughs> his thing is his thing, and he's going to make it your thing for about 15 minutes. Yeah, he's not a predator. Right? No. Like, no, he, no, definitely no, not. Respectful, no, no. Right? Yeah, he's, no. He, he's, a, he's a consent king, but mm-hmm. one of the lower kings. Like a, a king yes. that probably does not deserve his crown. Whatever um, the black prince of fuckboys is, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. Uh, so anyway, um, we go back to oh, uh, uh, to round out the conversation. Riker tells Wesley that one day he will make his own decisions, and the acting ensign tells Riker that he already has. And then <laughs> Riker does this face that's like, oh, okay, it's it's <laughs> the weirdest face and it's the weirdest end to a scene. But I kind of love it because it shows like Riker doesn't actually care. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, okay, whatever. Not, whatever, guy. Not my kid, not my problem. Yeah. Like, it's just like when he fucking takes off with the traveler. Riker's like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> That's it. The end. Oh, yeah. But what's that got to do about pussy? <laughs> Very good question. Very good question. Wesley has no idea what that is. None. 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 He wanted the adventure lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to be a wild man, <laughs> but not knowing what that is. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a wild man. I'll go with this old dude, this, like, old, nigh-omniscient dude. Yeah, why yeah. not? That this guy cool. sees the greatness in me. I better go with him. Yeah. Like when a nine-year-old joins the circus. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's not sus at all, right? Yeah, similar things happen <laughs> at the yeah. circus with the traveler. Indeed. Um, so Data is inspired by Okana's questions and jokes and insights about humor, and so he decides to go where else but ten forward to seek counsel <laughs> from Guinan regarding uh, his difficulty grasping jokes. Guinan asks him if he knows what a joke is, and then she tells a joke, and uh, the joke is something like... Um, Oh, we're sitting you're here. You're a droid and I'm annoyed. Yeah, yeah, we're sitting here talking because you're a droid and I'm annoyed. And at first, I didn't get it, and I was thinking the Noid from fucking Domino's Pizza. Right. And I'm like, they have that in the future? Surely <laughs> Domino's can't exist in a utopia. That's that's not possible. But uh, Do you know about the guy named Noid who took uh, yes. Pizza Hut? Okay, yeah. then I don't have to get into it. No, no. That's I, my favorite Domino's story. It's, it's only do- That's your only Domino's story. What else is there? And so so didn't they cancel the Noid for like 15 years because of that too? They did, yeah. Oh. After he took some people hostage and said, this is about me, Frank Noid or whatever his That's name was. Because like, Love I mean, the Noid had some great, I mean, not great. They had two video games that are total fucking bullshit. I beat them both for some reason, but uh, yeah, just like real trash video games. Um, so anyway, so Data goes to the holodeck uh, in order to figure out what the fuck comedy is. And he decides to view a comedy show, and it tries to give him a holographic comedian who tells jokes about uh, like quantum physics. And Data goes, uh, no, that's too niche. Yeah, more human. Yeah, yeah, more more human than that. And so it gives him a comedian uh, listed as Ronald B. Moore, uh, who I guess is a reference Ooh. to visual effects supervisor Ronald B. Moore, who helped assemble the graphic for this. Oh, yeah, okay. A true like, like, why have a fake name, though? It's obviously Joe Piscopo. <laughs> I mean, because this guy, well, because if it was Joe Piscopo, then people would have expected like a professional comedian, but instead we have a guy who's about as funny as a visual effects supervisor. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it, it yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I think it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, enter Joe Piscopo. Yeah, this en- is where it all falls apart. En- emphasis on piss. Um, yeah, the Joe Pisca podcast. That's yeah, what we're becoming now. I, unfortunately, I think we are. So... And before we get into the Piscopo, because I'm putting it, I'm delaying my own gratification. Yeah, yeah. This episode could have really excelled showing a relationship between Data and Guinan, because Whoopi is a much better comedian, and that would have been much more fun to explore, Data and Guinan, like Guinan trying to teach Data about humor. Right? Literally, you have a world-class comedian right there who is on the top of her game. Like, yep. this is like a year or two after Live Aid and sh- or Laugh-In or whatever mm-hmm. fucking Laugh-Aid, whatever that shit is called. Right. Um, which... Uh, Getting her right before the Ted Danson blackface. It's right. great. Yeah, no, it's, it's the perfect crux of, like, right at her social acceptability before <laughs> the, the Ted Danson. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like, Whoopi's not Guinan, though. They're different acts. <laughs> no, no, they are, but you have someone who's a very gifted comedic actress sure. in Whoopi Goldberg, which could have sold this a lot more. Yeah, like, just, you know, dial up Whoopi right. in the, the holodeck and just have Whoopi be there. Yeah, that would have been great. Not Guinan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. So, Data inquires about a series of comedic acts and performances to further his understanding of comedy. Um, Joe Piscopo sits him down and uh, tells him, A, he's too pedantic, and also, he's a tough room. (laughs) And uh, Data resolves to be 
quote, an easy room, which I think oh. is something that O'Connor would be very interested in. Yeah, he'd get right in there. Oh, yeah. No, don't invite O'Connor into the easy room. <laughs> O'Connor has no hard... Well, hold on. Let me change that. Every room O'Connor's in is a hard room, if you know what I mean. Right, right. But, you know, uh, for every woman that's in there with him, it's an easy room. Very. Hell, yeah. So... Ugh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, the, <laughs> the two begin a series of improvisations, uh, which starts with a uh, imp- improv of of Jerry Lewis, which um, is this, this, this hurts. Yeah, it, it, secondhand o- embarrassment. Oddly, it's something that uh, Joe Piscopo was like well known for. It was known as his like best impersonation, which uh, woof. Yeah. Episcopo is known for that and Sinatra and this it's the lowest form of humor right impersonations like prop humor is above impersonations yeah yeah right? uh, oh my god wouldn't it be amazing if they got fucking like Carrot Top or Gallagher for this shit oh hell yeah bring oh, Gallagher oh yeah oh yeah and then, and then fucking yeah we just see like Data wandering through the halls with a giant hammer who's like where's the fruit at everybody uh, well it, it's just wilder too like why would you impersonate another comedian Right? Like, I, I feel like that's almost like you're stealing their bit. Uh, yeah. So, actually, do you want to know why uh, he impersonates another comedian? I, yeah, because he's, he's dumb and not talented. Well, well there, there's that, but uh, originally they tried to cast Jerry Lewis into this episode, and he originally agreed, but he had a prior scheduling commitment and was unable to make the episode. And oh, so, that would have been so good. This would be a top-tier episode. If it I was know, really right? Yeah. yeah, and instead... I don't like, like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither, but it, like, it, it at least would have made sense, and there at least is something timeless about Jerry Lewis, even though it's yeah, not me. necessarily funny, you know? Uh, if, if they if they looked up like you know 20, 20th century famous comedians and Jerry Lewis showed up, I'd be like, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Although I'm kind of warming up to Data rolling around on the Gallagher giant tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. Data just coming in on roller skates with like uh, forty <laughs> different hats. He's super uh, strong. He can crush a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, 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 should I admit this? Okay, well, uh, so I I own and have watched every single Gallagher special. Nice, incredible. It's ha- have you, yeah. Have you seen Gallagher two? Uh, unfortunately, no. Gallagher two doesn't have any like a ton of recorded material. Uh, bec- and also, it's the exact same act as Gallagher had, I think, in two thousand two. <laughs> Which He's is, the Joe of that relationship. <laughs> he, he really is. He really is. Uh, and then Gallagher, I guess, is the Jerry Lewis of that relationship, which mm-hmm. I think they both lose. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I don't know what to report back about Gallagher. He's uh, just an awful human being, racist, homophobic. He uh, At one point in one of his specials, he brings a kid up on stage because the kid has an earring in one of his ears and he berates the kid for being a homosexual. I mean, he was right. Was it on the right side? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't recall. I believe it was actually on the left side. And uh, Uh-oh. I, do, I do remember my dad telling me that left is right and right is wrong, which is why I was in the closet till 28. So thanks, Dad. <laughs> really appreciate that. Dads are really great at that. One time my dad got drunk, pulled a knife on me, and told me he liked it when my mom fucked him in the ass. I was 30. It's like, okay, cool, me too. I mean, not my mom. I Oops. Mean, yeah, that's, you know, that's it's, it's yeah. better than the like Western Crusher age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dads do better. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't have any dad stories to compare to that. Um, that's not a competition. Dad's no, my dad does have some deep mental illness, though. So, hell yeah, uh, there's where we come together. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, did Did your dad try to do suicide by cough? Because that's that's one thing I got on you, maybe. Uh, he pulled out all of his teeth with pliers in front of me. That kind of rules. I don't no, know. it's very it's funny now. Like I can look uh, back at it and laugh, but at the time I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, yeah. If this was like in a Stuart Gordon film, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> but uh, yeah, having it be real life uh, with uh, with less distance that's that's kind of a no for me, dog. Yeah, it's more Todd Solons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, let's see. So we get the Jerry Lewis impression, and it is far too long. It's it's a good mm-hmm. like two minutes of uh, Joe Piscopo going. And honestly, that's better. That's better than Piscopo's Jerry Lewis in this episode. Yeah. See, I don't have the teeth in, so I can enunciate the. He has that. He has those teeth for two rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and Data somehow gets teeth too without replicating them. They just appear in his mouth, which is it's strange. Very, very. It's it's like he was carrying around the teeth with him <laughs> in case his teeth fall out. You know? Yeah, like you know, not that. Yeah, I mean, if 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 you were a droid, you'd probably keep some cool accessories too, right? And I th- feel like a, a different mouthful of teeth would be one of them. Oh yeah, I would have fangs all the time. Oh, like the, the Nosferatu like dagger teeth. Please. Ooh, Data Racula. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Man, I. Can we get into how awful Joe Piscopo is now? Should we just do it? Rip that band aid? Yeah, yeah, let's let's just get into it. So, um. So. This is my fault. Everything you're about to hear is my fault. It, it is 100% your fault. I. This was not on my radar. I didn't know this existed. I hoped it didn't exist. I actually thought about this and I'm like, God, I'm glad nothing like that exists. And then you <laughs> sent me the link. Um, the links. I'm sorry. Several yeah, links. Yeah, several. Several. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. So, so Joe Piscopo was known for his impressions because that's. I guess a thing that you can be known for some Frank Caliendo ass shit. And he made these Miller light commercials in the eighties. He played Bruce Lee. He played a German bodybuilder in drag. He played a rapper, a rapper and awful, just awful. Like there's this, it's a Miller light commercial where he plays Bruce Piscopo, where he's trying to be Bruce Lee. I'm, I'm afraid I'm just going to have to play this so everyone can at least hear it. I mean, the, you can imagine the visuals. They're worse it's than the audio. It's 30 seconds long. Go look it up. It's horrible. Here we go. I am master of ancient art of karate, kung fu, and the Chinese chuckle. <laughs> but the one about the socializing... <laughs> I always reach for a cold Miller light. Light tastes great. Lightless a feeling, too. Held young. Hey, anybody want the pepperoni? Ancient proverb: only one light beer. Miller Light. Ancient proverb: Good. only one Good. light beer. Now, Good. which one's the most racist thing? Is it the the accent or is it the the kung fu font? Uh, I mean, fonts aren't inherently racist. Uh, but that, here, that one here, here, here they are. Here they are. Here, <laughs> here, here. Yeah, it finds a way to be racist. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> uh, it's 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 got to be the impression, like the accent, uh, the fact that he is in brown face or yellow yeah. face. I think that maybe that um, there there's there, there there's a lot going on here, and it's all problematic. Yeah. But goddamn, does it make me want a Miller Light? <laughs> yeah, and none of that Bud Light. Uh, only, only Miller, please. God, oh, no. anything light. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is this is the real anti woke beer. If you're looking for something, uh, if you're mad about, uh, you know, uh, Bud Light being trans or whatever, first off, kill yourself. But yep. uh, second off, Miller Light is here for you. So. Yep, they should they should really just embrace it again. Because <laughs> like you know, yeah, like this is on Miller really for letting this thing exist. <laughs> it really is. Like I'm 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 blown away that in the '80s there just wasn't someone who was like, maybe we shouldn't. I mean, this is <laughs> this is 1987. This isn't like, I mean, this is post civil rights movement. You know? I can't believe the people who make the champagne of beers would put this out there. Oh, that's Miller High Life. This is for Miller Light. The, uh, I, I know, but they're the same makers. It's that's like true. They have, they have such a high standard, but they would fall to this. Oh God, are you going to play the rap now? I'm afraid I have to. Now that you mention it. Musicians like rapping to think the best life beer is the one we drink, and every rapping cat I know drinks Miller Lite. Ain't that so? Taste flavor, less filling. Taste flavor, less filling. Lights got body, lights got soul. Don't stop me now, I'm on a roll. Get it right, there's only one life beer for Miller Lite. Okay. At least he didn't do blackface. Like it's hard to tell. I was staring. Uh, like I, I don't know. Blackface. I mean, it, it is blackface. We don't know if he put on makeup. Maybe <laughs> he did like light skin blackface. I can't. Is it the that's Italian? that's still blackface? Um, I feel like at a certain point it doesn't matter. Like whether or not he actually put on makeup to have actual blackface or just did a rap. <laughs> I think they're equivalent. I think they're the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's just um, it's just unacceptable, really. And uh, I got I gotta also feel for everyone else in that commercial because Joe Piscopo is the token white guy in this commercial, and uh, I, I feel like everybody else in that commercial has got to feel like the actors from um, TNG's Code of Honor do now. The, uh, yeah. the, the, the racist <laughs> Africa episode. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can't be a good feeling, especially for like. You know, they probably just made SAG scale or something like that. A couple hundred bucks to debase their entire race with Joe Piscopo. They they, they do that commercial and they go into the green room and they all watch the end of Bamboozled. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a fitting end there. Um, mm, all right. Things we do to make people of color get health insurance. My God. Oh, God. Uh, all right. Here's... Here's maybe the most egregious one. Oh no! Are you playing the Carson song? No, no. We're oh, we're we're gonna play the the gender one. Okay. Here, All right. Good. Here, here it comes. When I used to compete for girls' swim team of East Germany, my comrades and I always loved to come to America. Yeah. We love the stylish clothes and late night TV. Yeah. But most of all, we love the Miller Lite. Yeah. It is truly superior beer, not only tasting great, but also less filling, which is very important to comrades and I, so to keep the girlish figure. Oh, yeah. Hey, cute, huh? Yeah. Yeah. 
All over the world, there's only one light beer. Miller Lite. Miller Lite goes woke selling beer to trans-German women. Yeah. Right. Um, so there's so much wrong with that. Um, if, if you're not watching the video, uh, Joe Piscopo and all of his... Uh, fellow competitors i guess in this in this situation um they're all in drag and so he starts out saying that he used to compete in the women's division which is uh there's there's a lot going on here you know maybe maybe it's super woke maybe they were addressing you know trans women in sports very very <laughs> early but uh I'm, I'm i was i was thinking about that like i wonder if they could film this commercial publicly in florida or would like oh, they get well no men in dress in Florida yeah they'd get um, they would be under those new laws right you can't be around a, a kid a kid can't watch that commercial I'd I'd hope not I'd hope it's adults don't watch that commercial really um, it's a commercial nobody should watch no no it's uh, it's it's deep it's dark it's forbidden uh, no one should think about that commercial. But you will now forever. <laughs> One thing that is okay is that you can make fun of Germans. Yes, yeah, I think no, no, a hundred percent. Like Germans, Italians, uh, the Swiss, uh, make all the jokes about them you want. They're the whitest. So any white access power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any access power, or or anyone who is neutral. Let's say too. Like, mm -hmm. the, if, yep. if you have the privilege to be neutral, you you've got a lot of fucking privilege in your country. Yep, neutrality only for cowards. Indeed. <laughs> I don't feel either way about that. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Your cowardice is well noticed. It's on record. Um so Does anyone want to try the uh what? the uh Bruce Piscopo impression? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's not do that. Who? Um No, no, we're not doing that. You know, they don't have any type of content moderation for podcasts. So <laughs> it's not like we're going to get canceled by anybody but the public. I I couldn't. Not, you want to? No, I, no, no, I don't. That was. I, it was my, I'm going to leave that to like Town from 2017. That's that feels like their bit. Yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick Mullen can definitely do that, and he'll. Yeah, yeah. Need <laughs> one representative to do the racism. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I feel like every podcast needs that. Like a guy who's already like canceled himself and hates himself so much that there's nothing you can actually do to him. Yeah, Soytrek needs that. Like, yeah, Bruce Campbell podcast needs that. Your Piscopo is probably open. We could probably get him. You're probably right. Like, there's no way that guy loves his life right now. I might tweet at him. Come <laughs> on, Bruce Campbell podcast. Talk about to do his Bruce impression. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, beautiful. Oh God. No, it's all coming together now. This is full circle. You know, else is coming together. Mm -hmm. Okana and the three women he fought. <laughs> oh, that's very true. That's no, mm -hmm. you, you know they're not coming together. He's, you know, he's a cum bum. He's, he's, he's just <laughs> filling up that condom load after load, and none of, no one else is getting off. He's very <laughs> hydrated. <laughs> yeah, this, this is like, this is like a city bus with a broken door. Nobody's getting off. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, he's like, do you have a dishwasher for my condom? Why don't you just replicate? <laughs> why don't you replicate a new one? It's like I like this one. It fits. <laughs> it's got the Wait, patina on it. It's. <laughs> On his ship, his like his bed is on the floor. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. All right. All right. So the most expensive piece of furniture Okana has is that dick chair from Burn After Reading. <laughs> the he's probably got a, a wedge or two as well. You know those fuck wedges. Oh God. Yeah. Nate, you have a wedge, and I fucked on it. It was very funny. No, that, that not that wedge. Different wedge. 
Oh, uh, yeah. You're talking about a wedge pillow. You are talking about the wedge of a sectional. Yes, you bought just the wedge part of a sectional, and that's what was so funny. The corner part of the sectional. It, it was great, actually. I don't know why you're down. That's on definitely it. a fuck wedge. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. It was a fuck wedge. Yes. Yeah. Wedge is the most fuckable shape. We can all agree on that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, that's science. It used to be a rhombus, but now I'm all about the wedge. Yeah, now it's it's pure geometry right here. This <laughs> this is the real sacred geometry. Data would fuck a wedge. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. We we know he already has. You know, like ooh, that's ooh, that's pretty mean to Tasha Yar right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, most of season one, she is a piece of furniture. So, <laughs> um, so, uh. <laughs> Data uh, doesn't like the Jerry Lewis impression very much, and he tries to conceptualize it and uh, tries to like get in the nitty-gritty of why it's funny. And so Joe Piscopo sits him down again and tries to steer him towards a different career like juggling, which, <laughs> honestly, like this is, this is a huge missed opportunity. Data is a juggler throughout the series. would have been amazing. <laughs> I just love that Data can't figure out why Joe Piscopo is funny. I wonder, I wonder why that I, is. Yeah, I wonder why Data can't see Joe Piscopo as funny. Yeah, I, I like to believe that like his humor center is working just fine. It's that Guinan has shit jokes and Joe Piscopo is never funny. And that's the thing, because when Data starts doing the shitty impression, he's much funnier than Joe Piscopo. That's true. Data, Data nonstop moving his arms doing an awful voice with a cigar is funny yeah it's a good impression of joe piscopo because it it's because it, you're supposed to skewer what you don't like about a person in an impression you know mm -hmm. and he's just like oh he just waves his hands and smokes that's funny yeah and goes hey which is actually like kind of very funny vicious uh, yeah. yeah you're running down the street waving your arms yelling hey nice lady people are gonna laugh absolutely especially if you're running after a nice lady yeah, I did that at the Take Back the Night rally, and it did not go over. <laughs> so Data returns to Guinan to try out his new comedy material, but uh, he fails fucking miserably. Nobody likes it. Mm -mm. Uh, he then tries again um, uh, and accidentally makes a pretty funny joke, um, but then tries another joke, opens it up. Uh, it's something like um, it was a priest of... Uh, Ferengi and something walk into a bar and I'm like, mm -hmm. God. Clone. Yeah, clone. And I'm like, this joke is gonna fucking kill. But then of <laughs> course he's called to the fucking bridge, which you hate it when that happens. It's it's just yeah, like we... eating in Star Trek. Like the moment you take a bite of food, you're called to the bridge. No matter if you're on duty or not. No, we get to jump into the Midsummer Night's Dream plot with the Royals. Lysander has been besmirched. Besmirched indeed. So, um, so uh, they go to the, the bridge, and uh, they are being hailed by a ship. Uh, and the captain of that ship is named Debin. <laughs> he warns the Enterprise that they are entering their territory. Uh, they have a l tiny little ship that's old as hell and can't do shit to the Enterprise. Um, <laughs> but regardless, Picard, as kind of a goof, is like, uh, might as well go on yellow alert. <laughs> and and then fucking Riker's like, why is that? And he's like, well, just in case we have to surrender. <laughs> I, these episodes where Picard gets to play, like, slightly pissed off, like he's 
bitten by a mosquito. Mm. Those are the best ones. Yeah, yeah. I love Picard with a shit-eating grin. Like, and it's something <laughs> he doesn't get in the later seasons, but here he's like, he's a little bit roguelike. I think he's picking mm-hmm. a little b- bit up on Okana. Unfortunately, he doesn't, you know, get uh, Crusher in that red dress, but, you know, he does later under a water. Oh, Beverly, not Wesley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! I was, yeah, I was, I was, saying, I was like, I was saying, unfortunately, about that. Okay, all right, fair. Right, right. I was like, I don't even think she was in this season. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Debin, the captain of the ship, establishes that Okana is a rogue who committed crimes on the planet Atlek. So, Atlek. Yeah, Ben Atlek. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> So it does not spawn con. <laughs> so while the entire confrontation is occurring, another ship of a similar classification approaches. The ship is commanded by Captain Kushel from the planet Strahlib, uh, who also states similar issues regarding Okana, saying that he is a rogue and he is wanted. So by everyone, yeah, by uh, yeah, uh, by everyone's genitals, basically, and also mm-hmm. a few police, unfortunately. He's cr- he's done the worst crimes possible. Used his genitals and taken jewelry. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that sounds like the worst things you can do. I'm <laughs> racking my brain for worse crimes. There are none. Please don't let me know. I mean, both of th- both those things are covered in the Ten Commandments. They say don't do them. You know, you're not wrong. Nothing in the Ten Commandments about uh, Bruce Piscopo. You're, you're, yeah, you're actually, now I think about it. We need an Eleventh Commandment. Yeah. Hey, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wait, didn't, like, isn't the whole deal that Moses dropped one? <laughs> it was the one about Joe Piscopo. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, don't, don't do impersonations of other people that aren't your race. <laughs> Be on the safe side. Yeah. God, if, if only we had that. If only. <laughs> oh man, wouldn't it be amazing if um, if Joe Piscopo had to do commercials for communion wine? Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, I do get big Catholic Italian energy from him. Oh, a hundred percent. I nope. I picked up my phone. I'm not gonna look it up. I can't do it. No, we can we can assume he's from New Jersey. Uh, he's a pretty big asshole. He's probably mm-hmm. Catholic. Yeah, loves Columbus Day. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a hundred percent Catholic. Oh, yeah. Yep. Avoids marriage. <laughs> yeah. Wait. No. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Okana. <laughs> um. I mean, he doesn't believe in condoms, so he could be. Yeah, Catholic I was gonna too. say yeah, contraceptives. Yeah. yeah. No go in the Okana house. They're both. Yeah. They're both Catholic. Yeah. This. Uh, I guess this episode is what uh, happens when Catholics take over your starship. Which. Uh, <laughs> God. May- maybe that's why it's such a terrible episode. Uh, So Jean-Luc Picard calls Okana up to the bridge to understand the crimes that he's committed, because for some reason neither of the captains will say. After a brief deliberation, Okana hedges his response, stating that he isn't aware that he committed any crime on either world, but has had, quote, dealings with their people. Can you guess what that means? I, I have an idea of what that means. Yeah. He, he calls his junk his deal. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when he has dealings, it's it's, it's a little inside joke for Okana. Okana yeah. penis seed, like the Johnny Apple seed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he's spreading it to the worlds. You know, I mean, in um, 
in Star Trek, there is like a race of like founders who put humanoids throughout the the Alpha Quadrant, kind of populating little planets. And I feel like he's really just picking up that work where they left off, you know? He's bootstrapping the founders. Hell yeah. Um, So, uh, Skeptical, uh, sorry, Okana, no, no, already got that. A Skeptical Picard asked Devin what crimes have been committed on his planet. Devin, infuriated, explains that Okana has done none other than impregnated his daughter, Yanar. Nothing, no bigger crime than getting someone pregnant outside of marriage. Yeah, this is a problem. I mean, it is a crime to, like, take no responsibility. (laughs) True. (laughs) Getting someone pregnant. I mean, in this future, though, like, they have warp drive. They have transporters. Abortion at this point has got to be not even a medical procedure, but just, like, uh, you know, walking through a medical detector, boom, your baby's gone. Well, it, yeah, a funny, but B, <laughs> B is like, it, like doesn't Troy say something to the effect of like, hey, uh, you know they have outdated uh, ideas about re, uh, procreation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I was trying to figure out what she meant by that. Is it abortion or is it like, oh, you can just kind of get pregnant and then send them off to the child planet or something? Like, I, I don't, I don't know what she was meaning there. You exactly. know, president of the child planet. Neelix, yeah. <laughs> mom, right, oh went God. for it. You, you, you did. You, you dunked that one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I like to believe that this is just uh, like the two Catholics on the ship, a Catholic planet. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, they've got an Irish planet. They got a Scottish planet, both of which are probably Catholic. You know. They, they tec- have a planet Africa they it's techni- from the second They technically episode. have planet Africa. Right? Yeah. That was colonized by Catholics, undoubtedly. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's a whole Catholic universe out here, I think. And yes, I know Africa's not a country. It's a planet. <laughs> it's a planet. Uh, you, you know, um, if if Pan-Africanism had its way, it would be a country. And it should be into, a country. I'm into demi-Africa. <laughs> yeah. I got... I only can have an Africa if I'm emotionally connected to it. Oh, that's, Ooh, that's actually sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, next we get a captain's log. Captain's log supplemental. Some of the mystery surrounding this ancient morality play we've been dragged into has been revealed. One of Captain O'Connor's pursuers is an outraged father with a heartfelt, if archaic, sense of righteousness. And that's that's, I, I gotta say, like Picard is just eloquent here. Like, there's <laughs> yeah, so I, many things you could say that are so much more accurate, but he just like, he really I, NPRs this whole situation. I mean, Picard is the guy who, even going to the bathroom for him is poetic. That's true and important, and I love that about him. That's why he's you know the fucking goat. Other than the emissary, sorry. Didn't mean to do some Cisco erasure, but... That's true, that's true. There is a way, and I know that it's how Patrick Stewart speaks, that makes Picard's captain's logs always magnetic. Oh, absolutely. Even when they're absolute trash. I mean, it's the, the whole British thing of sounding informative even when you're not. And we love him. We fucking love Picard. Oh, and we, we just love uh, the archaic, archaic morality... Well, I'm not going to go that far. I will, those, those freaks got some problems. We were just in England. Those 
resting British or terminal British face is a serious condition, and they really got to fix that. Oh no, uh, I'm t- the the country itself. I think is pretty pretty fun. Um, the everything in it is is garbage and needs to be burned to the ground. Yeah, like I think their favorite spice is beef. Like that's <laughs> the flavor they love is beef flavor. Interesting. That sounds we, plain. We need to steal some of their stuff, like the savory snacks, and also the ability to keep drinking alcohol as a passenger in a car. Those are great. Like And Patrick Stewart. And Patrick yeah. Stewart. Well, well, he's ours now. I'd also say being able to pass out in a field and no one bother you. That's, yes. that's a very nice thing that they have there. Using a restroom in public, that's very nice. Yeah, yeah. Do they have the pay restrooms there? I didn't see any. Okay, that's great. That's great. Because we We've... should never bring capitalism into taking a piss. <laughs> God. Um, so back on the bridge, uh, Kushal, Captain Kushal, has claimed that Okana has stole the national treasure, the jewel of Thessia. Which, you know, mm. good for him. Assuming this is like an England planet, he's just stealing it back, you know? Yeah, it's a Catholic planet. He stole, like, the Vatican hat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, everything in the Vatican is stolen. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's just taking it back for somebody. So, it's, it's nice that for a country to have a sacred jewel, though. I mean, assuming that, like, you know, there's no, like, nefarious background to the jewel. I feel like it's always a nefarious background. Yeah, how do you get a sacred jewel what without... Like, we don't know. It might, like, it's a, it's a planet that could just, like, you know... The king was digging one day and he found a jewel. <laughs> it's yeah, space, man. I, I, um... Yeah, I feel like the fact... Well, I mean, I guess their, their planet is Thessia. So the jewel of Thessia does, you know, assume that it was probably dug up somewhere there. Yeah, it's like the gold plates. He stole their gold <laughs> plates. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because, like, uh, Britain, for some reason, has shit like uh, the crown of Africa and, like, the jewel of India. And they're like, no, we didn't steal these. Like, really? Because they you have someone else's... They literally have someone else's name on the back. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's, We didn't steal enough English jewels while we were over there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you really didn't. Like, the, the crown jewels, like, someone needs to really heist those. Like, we need to do a national treasure on those, right? We went we went to the British Museum, and that was humbling and rage-inspiring. Well, it, it was humbling in the sense that, like, they have so much important stolen shit that they just kind of leave it around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you accidentally stumble into the Rosetta Stone, you yeah. know? Yeah, mm-hmm. We almost fell into the Rosetta Stone because we weren't looking where we were going. Yeah, you know, the Rosetta Stone, that doesn't belong to, you know, like Egypt or anything like that, right? Yeah. yeah. No, but, however, um, Prince Harry, I don't know who the new prince is. Yes, I think new that's prince. one of them. He should give, like, the, the Rosetta Stone back to Egypt as a sign of, like, I want to marry you, maybe. Ooh, okay. Yeah, right? Make it a romance plot. Oh, yeah. I, R- I romancing think- the stone. Yeah, I- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Picard. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I am. T- we're all sorry here. Oh um, uh, yeah. Uh, Picard and Okana discuss the matter at hand, and that matter at hand is you took a jewel and you knocked someone up. So, if Okana is handed to Debon, uh, the Thessians will use the slight to declare war. Well, if Picard gives them to the Thessians, the same result will occur, and war will inevitably happen, which sounds like two Catholic countries to me. Cut him in half. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do 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 a uh, was a Sol- Sol- Solomon. Yeah, give, like give him the old Solomon. Would, yeah. would you cut your O'Connor a hamburger or hot dog style? <laughs> no, you come in the middle because you want each pant leg, each side of the dick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no country gets the entire dick. No, okay. definitely not. One ball, half a dick. Yeah. Yeah. I say you throw them in the Resident Evil laser room and just divvy out chunks until you both have a similar pile. Just stew meat of Okada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but who gets the dick? Everybody will have a little bit. Yeah, I guess in a, I guess when you put a dick in a stew, everyone shares in the bounty. <laughs> so Don't even have to add salt. That's very Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, you know that, that book Stone Soup, the kid's book? Yeah. That's what this is about. It's more like a how to eat fried worms kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, except it's more like a worm cut into little, little bits. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, so after a long talk with uh, Wesley Crusher in Engineer... Oh, sorry. Uh, so uh, Picard and O'Connor agree that the only way to resolve this situation is to let O'Connor continue on, on the erstwhile and find a place of refuge. So Picard is pretty much just washing his hands of the situation, which is both diplomatic, completely irresponsible, and also based as fuck. Yeah. I, uh, I don't disagree with this decision. Picard's like, well, I could do one thing, and that'd be dumb. Or I could do something else, and that'd be dumb. Or I could do a secret dumb third thing. <laughs> and he chooses that, and I'm just like, baller, do it. Yeah, yeah. have a big dinner. Like, invite all the enemies to one place to yell. And it's like he didn't even like go through stuff like, hey, we could literally just like, you know, replicate the jewel for you and give you one, which of which would have fucking solved it immediately. Or mm-hmm. like, uh, hey, we could, you know, provide, you know, family planning services. Wink, wink. Yeah. Tractor ban, tractor beam, transporter, abortion. It's because yeah. he doesn't care. Like <laughs> you know, it's it's like you're trying to solve an argument at a Seven Eleven. Like you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not involved. He just like, I guess he's just bored. You know, it's just like, well, it's, it is a lazy Sunday. <laughs> All right, everyone bored. <laughs> well, he, he he picked up an annoying turd, mm. and the annoying turd brought more annoying turds, and now he's got to figure out a way to flush it all without getting turtle. <laughs> But he's not angry. I just think he's just—he's just like, all right, whatever. And he has fine. I'm aboard. He hasn't even encountered the hollow sweet turd either. Like, yeah, like good. Yeah, thank, don't let that meet God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, it would have been amazing if they would have included anyone but Data in that side plot. I mean, I guess Gaiden. But like, hey. if, if anyone else like came into the holodeck and they're like, "What the fuck are you watching?" So we would have to force laughter at at Joe Piscopo's jokes. It's it's worse than Jordy falling in love with that woman in the Hollow Suite. This is more painful oh, than that. It really and, is. And you got to imagine if Joe Piscopo's running around set on Next Generation, I'm sure Patrick Stewart was like, "I don't have time for your funny business," and then <laughs> giving him the old Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey thing. Oh yeah, he will not be a party to his. Uh... Tom Foolery or whatever. Yeah, yeah. God, what a, what a, what an amazingly based interaction. I think. And Tommy that. Lee Jones was right. Uh, I have feelings about that. I feel like we've gone back and forth about uh, Batman Forever several times now. We have. Like, uh, I love parts of it. Jim Carrey brings it down. I I think Jim Carrey is the only one who completely understood the assignment, and none of the movie around him is nearly ridiculous enough. 
So what do you do with Jim Carrey? Do you give him to, to Tyler? Or <laughs> um, who, get, who gets who gets Jim Carrey? I I say we just cut him up and put him in a stew. Yeah. yeah. Just like O'Connor. No one gets the dick. You know? No, we can't do that to Jim we can't do that to Jim Carrey because it would make those Italian fascists happy. <laughs> you're right, you're right, because he fucking yeah. came out against uh, Mussolini's daughter. Yeah, we can't I I gotta hand it to Jim Carrey. I, I mean, take it all back. Jim Carrey isn't involved, Joe Piscopo. Let's let's you know uh, yeah. like Jim Carrey does better impressions, he's yeah. funnier. Oh he tries like for whatever reason, Joe Piscopo is like, Yeah, I'm a physical actor, right? I mean, he's like I do, he's, I do physical comedy. He's built, so he is a physical yeah. actor, which means that's that not... he's gonna be bad at it. You got to be flexible and live and weird. Yeah, right. Yeah. When was the last time you saw a really funny buff comedian? I d- is there one? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Buff comedian. Yeah, buff. Yeah, comedian. It just doesn't work. No, you can't. You can't fucking like think about jokes while putting up plates. Like it's not possible. Yeah, we're all just here pondering. Yeah, yeah I, I actually, yeah, like I, it I did all of our brains. Yeah, I didn't write that one down, and now it's like distracting me. I should probably. <laughs> There's not. gotta be one. Um, you would think. Uh, I mean, Henry Rollins has told some funny stories, but he's like fucking. Um, you know, he's he's not a real comedian. He's a yeah. storyteller. Like like uh, Kevin Smith is not a comedian either. He does the same kind of shtick. Or uh, even um, uh, what's uh, Pete, Pete Davidson? I find that he does a very similar kind of comedy to like uh, to Henry Rollins, where he just tells stories about celebrities he's met, and everyone laughs. Uh, but that's not. I hate that. I hate that shit. That Prairie Home Companion shit. Oh, it's. I mean, I I loved Prairie Home Companion before Garrison Keillor. You know. Uh, um, but, but you know that's because of its understatedness you know I, I never l- thought it was supposed to be like laugh out loud funny like even the actors don't laugh out loud on the show so I was you know I, I always gave it uh, I gave it some purchase due to that but like you know like like Pete Davidson uh, Kevin Smith Henry Rollins like I get what they're doing it's just if it's that whole a conversation with Kind of special. Right, and the the fact is, if none of them knew any famous people, they would not have careers because all of their jokes are stories about famous people. Yep, yep. Joe Piscopo, you don't even get a story. Yeah, Joe Piscopo. I don't know if you watched any of his stand up, but I watched a bunch of it, and it's always ten minutes of crowd work before oh, he does boy. impressions of what he's watching on TV. Like that's that's not me doing a joke. I watched a stand-up set where he was just flipping through channels doing impressions of what's on TV. This sounds painful. It's that's what you get with a buff comedian. I guess Here's so. what I saw on TV. And Nate, I made Nate watch some. <laughs> so it wasn't great. So we need to just start canceling comedians that uh, people find attractive because I feel like <laughs> yeah. he's kind of a sex symbol for some reason like Pete Davidson's a sex symbol and they're all doing bad comedy, you know? You can't be funny if you're attractive, right? Not as funny. You, yeah. you don't build that skill. Yeah. I mean, there there <laughs> there are comedians who kind of got attractive, but I feel like that's just due to the attrition of them being in the spotlight for so long. Like, um, all that coke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the coke too. It'll definitely yeah. thin out your face. It's like Zembic, but uh, better. 
um, <laughs> fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, now, yeah. You mm-hmm. know what? Coke is a replacement for Ozempic. Yeah, yep. it really is. I mean, yep. It's 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 only for rich white people. It thins out your cheeks real well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there you go. And uh, I I wish uh, Joe Piscopo would take so much that he melted. <laughs> um, <clears throat> He's getting there. I don't know if you've seen him recently. Uh, yeah, I have actually. He is he is really slimmed out. He's yeah. he's looking properly Italian finally. Yeah, he's. I think in the in the healthcare industry we call that cachectic when you look like you've had cancer for twenty years. Yeah. That's how he's starting to look. To me, he looks more like a baseball glove who's just starting dialysis. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's probably a similar look. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, so. After a long talk with Wesley Crusher in Engineering, in which it's revealed that O'Connor has become tired of living the nomadic lifestyle and just wants the entire mess surrounding his baby mama and the jewel to be settled, he tells him he has made a decision to take a stand. <laughs> which is good, he should be standing up because he gets in all of his trouble lying down, it seems. Yes. Yes. Um, and... No, he stands. He has like he has braces and stuff. He has a mechanism to stand while doing it. Oh, oh yeah, he's got the <laughs> oversized wedge. <laughs> series of wedges. Yes, yeah, wedges all the way down. I think of I think of the guy who on uh, How to with John Wilson, where he's like, "This guy tied me to scaffolding, and he came out and fucked me and left me for hours." That's what O'Connor does. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's definitely the Dom who like like does the mind game things as part of his thing, even though mm-hmm. like mind games were never agreed on beforehand. No. He has a cargo ship with no cargo in it. What do you think's in the hold? <laughs> That's a great question. It's the hold is what he does to you. <laughs> hold it's a hold you down room. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh and it's full of nothing but wedges. <laughs> Um, so O'Connor tells Picard that he has decided to voluntarily turn himself in, which, once again, incredibly Catholic thing to do. <laughs> uh, this choice allows Picard to use the Enterprise as a neutral meeting place for both parties to settle their claims. So the two families uh, beam aboard and are antagonistic towards each other, both claiming that O'Connor has infringed on their laws and both express an equally valid claim on the freighter captain. Uh, who do you who, who do y'all think has the the most valid claim here on the captain? Uh, probably I, I, the pregnant one. Yeah, probably the pregnant one. It, yeah. Although I kind of love that this episode unintentionally equates a piece of jewelry to a pregnant woman. Like <laughs> that's it's, these are worth the same thing. It's uh pretty not great. Yeah. No. No. It, this is like this. Nate and I we were watching this scene. And we're like, what the hell is happening here? This is awful. Like this is the outdated awful part because. They either give him to the the boy who, like, he stole the jewel. That's mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. Or yeah. you have to marry this pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. And the jewel has as much agency as the pregnant woman. And then, I mean, props to the episode for calling that out because mm-hmm. the, the pregnant woman says, no, I'm not going to marry any of you fuckers. I'm going to be a noble single mother. Hell yeah. Which, you know, fine. But it's yeah. this This was not a great... It wasn't great. I don't, I don't know how to describe it other than it was boring. Like it, it was boring. The the none of the uh, not like the the two kid actors. Yeah, I say kids in quotes. These people are like in their twenties. <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're both like not great actors. I I do kind of love O'Connor saying everybody's talking about me, but no one's talking to me. Like <laughs> oh yeah, now's the time, O'Connor, when you realize that this is all about you and you should be more in, involved in all this shit. 
wild. But you know what? It's not all about Okana, because we soon find out that Kushal's son, Benzan, who it has <laughs> shown a couple times here before, and also, yes, amazing, amazing name, Benzan. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Do you think he's named after, like, Benzadrine? <laughs> I would fucking hope so, with yeah. the way they act on that planet. That uh, what, what is that, Sudafed or something like that? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's sedative, yeah. His dad is one of the shadow people. Um, this so, is my father, the hat man. <laughs> <laughs> I can only see him out of the corner of my eye on the darkest of nights. Um, he wants his jewel back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm on board. This is a good episode again. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Okay, yeah. Once once you contextualize it in the fact that this is a, a Benzedrine fever dream, I, I, th <laughs> I think this uh, makes a lot more sense. Like... If I took uh, too much benzos, I would definitely start to see Joe Piscopo impersonations. And, and want your gem back. I swear to God, <laughs> if I robo-trip and Joe Piscopo, Joe Piscopo shows up, I am jumping into hell. <laughs> it's over. I mean, I think you're already there if Joe Piscopo shows up. <sighs> yeah. And that's Catholic hell, too. So good luck. <laughs> good luck getting out of there. Maybe get to purgatory with all the police dogs. Um, so... Uh, we find out that uh, Benzan, uh, Benzandrine, has, is <laughs> the one who actually impregnated Yanar rather than Okana, and that Okana was the go-between for Yanar in Benzan's courtship. Um, he watched. Yeah, yeah. But, I was, I was, yeah. I was going to ask <laughs> yeah. what what y'all think a go-between is, but you got it right. You actually, yeah, yeah you got that one right. He's like, yeah, I'll leave you two lovebirds alone, and then he goes into like the side room on the on the, the intrepid. We look. We have done. Twilight, we have. Uh, we've said some mean things about O'Connor in this episode. We've said some nice things about O'Connor in this episode. Mm -hmm. but we really should give him props for running an underground railroad to get nerds pussy. A hundred percent. Yeah, an underground think railroad, indeed. <laughs> damn, yeah. damn, you got yeah. there just before yeah. me. Just <laughs> like O'Connor. <laughs> Maybe it is a different approach, Tyler. Maybe instead it's like a hereditary thing where he's like in there pushing. Because like this kid does not have any juice. <laughs> oh, oh do, do you think he's the oh, one? Oh, the Midsummer thing where they're pushing. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Wrong, wrong uh, Astro movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or do you think he's doing the, the the Mormon soaking and he's the one like jumping on the bed? Yeah, O'Connor's jumping on the yeah, bed. Yeah, it's yeah. like those two didn't get pregnant on their own, really. Like they don't, there's no chemistry between those two. No, O'Connor grabbed his dick and he guided it in. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that's what friends do, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. about to feel something you've never felt before. <laughs> My advice is just go with it. Uh, what a good friend. You know, <laughs> I've I've really turned around on Okada here. He's he's a, he's a good man. Good man. I mean, he, that is the thing. He he's shown to be a good, honorable man. Yeah. That's mm. what's wild about this because at the start of the episode, Deanna says, "I sense no ill will in him," and then mm. everyone's like, "Oh, Okada, he's kind of a roguish." uses people vapid lifestyle and it's like no he's actually also a good person who's uniting two worlds through love and pregnancy right and so she she was on point the entire time although i wish she would have said something like young dumb full of cum because that, <laughs> right. that's probably well, more accurate she was going to be the one full of cum oh that's true and uh was it uh, uh thompson or whatever transporter chief yeah oh, terry hatcher terry terry hatcher didn't want to be in this episode oh Indeed. Um, so, a hatch. Terry Hatcher. Yeah, yeah, but it's like a hatch pepper. It's, you're calling it the hatch. Hatcher's snatcher. Is that better? None of it's good. Yeah, yeah. 
in, in Alaska, there's a place called Hatcher's Pass. We could, we could go with that. No? <laughs> I like that a little bit more, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, uh, the jewel was stolen to be used in the wedding between Yanar and Bazan, it's revealed, who agree to marriage, and their fathers continue their quarrels in a more lighthearted manner, which means now they're fucking, so it's more like flirty. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, both want the grandchild. Yeah. Yeah. What is, how does, how does like custody work and stuff? Who's going where now? They don't really talk about that. Weren't they warring country? I mean, they weren't necessarily at war, but they, they were not friends. I, be- no. I believe they're warring planets. So they're yeah. not even yeah. on the same planet. <laughs> so, so this makes this even better, right? So there's like still a very real, if not more real conflict. Mm-hmm. And Picard's like, I'll leave you two to settle this. <laughs> oh, and also, go. <laughs> guess what? We're even more Shakespeare here. We got star-crossed lovers, motherfucker. <laughs> It's a threefer. Cool. And Picard's like, well, uh, goodbye. I'll, I'll see, see them out. <laughs> Okana's fine. That's all we care about. Yep. Yeah. I mean, wh- why would you care about anything else? You got this, this charming rogue who's, uh, you know, guiding dicks into pussies and doing pregnancies and stuff, stealing wedding rings. Like, you know, I care about it. You know him. what it was. You know what it was. Like, so they were, they were doing it doggy style, not to be graphic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we haven't said anything that gross yet on this podcast. Right. And like they, they just weren't aroused. So Alcana's like, I've got it. And he just stands in front of them. Oh, so they both yeah. see Alcana. Right. I, th- I thought you were going to go with like the boy couldn't really get it up. So Alcana's like, hold on, let me take care of you. So he like kind of sucks the boy off. No, a little no, bit. no, no, no. He just needs to stand there and be roguish. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I mean, do, do, do you think he's standing there naked roguish or? No, fully absolutely not. I, I, I also have this internal theory that like as soon as his clothes are off, mm-hmm. like whatever roguishness he has goes away and he's just a nerd <laughs> with a funny tail. <laughs> he, he just has the weirdest dick possible. Yeah, uh, it was a transporter accident. It like double circumcised him. He has no idea. No, it's like a, it's on. like a pig's tail. It's like curly. <laughs> circumcised the middle of the shaft. <laughs> There's just a big raw part on it. Yeah. Looks kind of like a candy cane. Um, yeah. So. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Yuck. Uh, so. Um. So Picard invokes the Prime Directive as an excuse to make a discreet exit from what has now officially become an internal manner of the respective families' governments. I'm pretty sure it was an internal manner before. Am I right, guys? I'm I'm talking about coming inside, everybody. Coming inside. Yep. Busting. Busting indeed. Mm -hmm. Busting in a hole, everybody. Mm, Uh, We love a fertile hole for our cum, don't we, fellas? we, We certainly do. That's what we love on this podcast. Treated and treated. We love putting cum in holes until there's a baby. Hell, hell yeah. Or until there's not a baby, you know? You just keep on trying. Look, honestly, I don't care what anyone does with it once it's out of me. That, that, like, that's, that's very true. That's your thing now? I'm going to go. I care yeah. a little bit. Why? What What if something happens? What do you mean? What? What's the something? Baby? <laughs> Listen, if, steal, if, steal a jewel, blame it on some young kid. Like, you're good, you know? That was Okana. He did it. Yeah, Nate does ask an important question. What if baby happens? <laughs> we need to know. We need to know what if baby happens. Then you deal with that as it comes up. It's not uh, that fucking hard. I guess. I mean, that's what airlocks are for, right? Yeah. No, transporters. You said it right. Yeah, yeah, transporters, airlocks. I mean... Joe I, Piscopo, I, you go into the... Uh, Holodeck and he just humors the baby right out of you. 
So, <laughs> yeah, you're laughing so hard. Could, if anyone could talk someone into a baby self-aborting, it would be so <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure after I watch those Miller Lite commercials, I, under no circumstances, want to bring a child into this world. Yeah, he's, he's the person that you go to if you want the light inside of you to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Joe the Butterfly Effect Biscopo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Um, Gross. So we go back to Data to, to finish out this B-plot, which, you know... It was much more of an F plot. Um, and I think the listeners should thank us for talking more about Okana than we did this episode spends with Joe Piscopo, because it is a lot. It is literally half the episode. And let's be fair, we talked about Joe Piscopo for at least half of this episode. God, yeah. I hate him. I hate him so much. But Dead Heat, banger. Dead Heat is actually a really fun movie, but that's, uh, I think, more on Treat Williams, right? Absolutely, yeah. and the special effects. Rest in peace, rest in power, Treat Williams. I guess, I don't know. I don't know what he... Yeah, rest in power. Let's throw that <laughs> stuff for Treat it's, Williams. Uh, <laughs> treat lives matter, that, but... sure. Okay. Yeah. There's my boy. He's going to get the Phantom finally. <laughs> um, so Waiting in hell for Billy Zane to show up to beat his ass. The Demon Knight? Oh! Sorry. I sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Billy Zane. In my, I do too. In my own dumb way. Um, I, I just it's walk. not dumb. No, it's dumb. He's he's not good. Oh, have you ever read his his baking dad tweet? Baking dad Billy Zane tweet? No. If you oh. know it, tell me. If not, I'll look it up. Oh, Nate. <laughs> sorry, I oh. had to. I've had to put on my the Phantom ring. Mm. I don't know if you can see that. For for his birthday, I bought Nate one of those old Burger King rings that uh, they made for the Phantom. So yeah. Nate and I both Hell have a yes. metal Phantom ring. Yep. Okay. Are are you two ready for the gr- greatest tweet? Uh, greatest tweet ever ever assembled. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. This one's from Billy Zane on October first, twenty thirteen. Government shutdown. Government shut up. Breaking Bad. Baking Dad. Drop the meth pick and apple. What do you ex- oh, drop the meth pick and grab an apple? What do you expect, America, when we canonize a sociopath? <laughs> meth pick? Drop the meth pick and pick up an apple. <laughs> Billy Zane, you're great. Billy Zane. Never change. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Baking dad. Government shut down? Government shut up! Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to carry that in my head forever. I want to tattoo it on my dick. the meth pick. He's he's so good. I love that man. This is what happens when you canonize a bastard. (laughs) Speaking of canonizing bastards, um, so Data... He thinks he's he's got comedy here, so he uh, participates in a comedy show uh, with the hollow comedian Joe Piscopo. I gotta give it to. I'm I'm hoping this was Brent Spiner who came up with this little detail because mm-hmm. I genuinely love that Data was wearing his Starfleet uniform under his tuxedo. That was very funny. Yes, that that, was that a silly worked. little thing. Yeah. Um, so they resolve the issues of Data's ability to deliver a joke by giving Data an audience who he actually kills with. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, Data discovers that the holographic audience is programmed to laugh at anything he says or does, regardless of whether it's actually funny or not. Uh, which, I don't know, I feel like we've all been in some comedy audiences like that, right? 
Yeah, like that's what Elon Musk dreams of. That's what he wants. No, that's Joe Piscopo's audiences during those specials. They were laughing. They were. Uh, they, yeah, we. Yeah, they were clapping and barking like seals when yeah. he's like, "Don't you love when Chinese people are on TV?" And then he does that accent. Ooh. Well, even even worse, he bulk and not even worse. But, <laughs> He, he does the thing that like all like you know fucking hacks do where it's like hey anyone here from state you're in yeah mm-hmm. right and, i like, watched some of his stand-up from like last year and it was the first two minutes is like ah new york best city in the world finest com- comedians here oh new york and people were just barking and happy and yeah crowd work is a real um shitty art mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah. It's artless. There's no like. There's no talent. There's there's there's. I, it's not creative. No, which really sucks because I've actually I've seen who I think are like good comedians, and they'll just do a set of crowd work, and uh, I unfortunately like refuse to see him again. Like I saw I saw Stavi, and he just did a fucking set of entirely crowd work. Not great. No, like not great. He, can tell, he can tell good jokes. Yeah, just right. He's got great jokes about like being fat and eating pussy. I love that shit. Yeah. But no, he instead uh, did jokes about like Seattle and stuff, and I'm like, "Dog, you're not a Seattle comedian. Don't do that. We yeah, don't, we don't, don't need that. Care, no that. I don't care about the Puget Sound. Shut the fuck up. Tell me about eating yeah. pussy while fat. Exactly. <laughs> that fucking rocks. That's so much funnier. Like I'm, I'm never gonna know that. So, because I, I take a Zembic, so you know. <laughs> well, you take uh, working class Zembic cocaine. Yes. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> I take I take the illegal Azembic. The, the, right. the one's cost. Yeah, we up. we groovy. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> groovy like Bruce. Yeah, we're hip. Hell yeah. We're hip to the drugs. Yeah. All those all those good powders. Oh, it's we Govi. Oh. We mm. Govi? That's the brand name of Ozempic. Oh, is it? Is how do you know this? I'm the nurse. I don't know. Man, your targeted <laughs> ads your targeted ads are much better than mine. I swear to God, on Tubi, I got a commercial for AIDS medicine that was in Spanish, and I'm like, "Wow, you're just a man of the world." <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta change your lifestyle a lot to accommodate that one. I mean, what does Tubi know about well, me? Yeah, and did, learn it. Did the advertising work? I gotta ask. I mean, it didn't not work. You don't have AIDS. I think about it a lot. That's that's true. You're cured. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> There's got to be better way. I just want my life back. <laughs> um, so data finds that his comedic delivery is still very much flawed. Boohoo. Uh, although, like, data has been like the funniest character up until this point, like completely mm-hmm. unintentionally, but like with a fish out of water thing. So yes, I, I don't know what he's complaining about. So he asked. The, oh, I was just gonna say, like some. Some people, sorry to say, are not funny. They no. they cannot be funny. They will never be funny. And Data, I don't think, could ever be funny. Like, some people just can't. Like, they don't have it. They're not no, funny. Well, here's the thing. Data can be funny, just he doesn't realize it. The only way you can be funny is if you're tragic. <laughs> That's Whoa. not wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're, you, you're, you're onto something there. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Data's not someone who can craft a joke intentionally, and that's fine. Yes. Some yep. people, some people are not funny, mm. and I don't, I don't know what you do for a living, Brit. But in a nurse, like as a nurse, I'll, I work around people that are not funny, mm-hmm. and I will say something like I will try to riff with them at work, and they're like, "Oh, did you plan that?" I'm like, "How can I plan a riff based on what <laughs> weekend?" Like, yeah. no, like 
you just got to learn to banter with people and joke like that. And some people can't do it. Yo yeah. Bisco. Yeah, yeah. Joe Bisco. They're, they're, yeah. That's just, my, that's just my point is that some people don't have it. That's and that's why true. they don't have podcasts like we do because we have it, baby. Right? We got the funny. Capital F. <laughs> when you've got it, you get a podcast. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah. Literally, I said something funny someday. Some dude just gave me a fucking soundboard and a couple mics. I, 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 I don't know. I never see the guy again. It's, just it's cook, Rich. Just cook. Here, go, go. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, really, I, I, everything that I say that is funny is completely unintentional. I'm just dumb. It's yeah, a, that's, not, it, that's it exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's not a real difficult concept. I'm just very dumb, and I need to take any conversation back to my shit or come. That's that's all being funny. Oh, in. oh uh, sorry. There's a trifecta here. You got foreskin as well. All right, foreskin's <laughs> always fucking funny. Well, uh, that would be funny if I had foreskin, but for some reason I don't. Well, it's I'm, your funny bone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then we can talk about, you know, why why that's funny. Why uh, your parents are funny for making a funny, funny decision about your penis. <laughs> I don't I don't understand why two tweakers decided. I mean, they have no religion at all. Mm-hmm. Our family's not even Jewish. They just was like, snip it. Would you want it back? I would like to know what it feels like. <laughs> I guess if you like pull the shaft up enough and you like suck in enough you can kind of simulate the feeling but it's just not the same you, you should just like knit a little sweater for the head of your penis <laughs> a little hat for my guy yeah yeah and just like spit in it a bunch so you have some smegma <laughs> I'll put a, I'll put a ponytail on my dickhead and call it O'Connor <laughs> there you O'Kama. go oh, yeah there ooh, we go there you go yeah that's that's send it um, so Data asked the computer to erase the audience as well as the comic in the most heroic thing Data ever does. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so goodbye, Joe Piscopo. We hardly Rest you. in Piscopo. Ooh, that right there. Yeah, I just stole it. You said Piscopo earlier. I just took that. Uh, I mean, you, you improved it. You punched that one up. Uh, like, I know when I'm beaten. Yeah, you, you punched it up like Joe Piscopo could never do. Ever, ever. Oh, I am willing to bet he's punched. <laughs> like, okay. here, here's, how, here's how sad Joe Piscopo is, right? Like, he doesn't say anything that will get him canceled, only discontinued. Um, <laughs> he can't get canceled. He only gets discontinued. You have to be famous to be discontinued. This canceled. is a man who rhymed amigo with a certain variation of the N-word. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he wasn't famous enough or talented enough to get canceled. Okay. He just gets. He just goes away. Yeah, yeah. He he definitely like faded into the background. Um, and and he is a huge cancel culture guy now. By the way, that's oh. his thing. He hates cancel culture. What, was he was he canceled? Uh, no, I think in he, the way he thinks. I think he just knows that if anybody cared enough about him to find the N word raps he's done, he could be canceled. But I don't think anyone cares enough. Discontinued. Is, 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 <laughs> he, is he pretty much just like a less explosive version of Andrew Dice Clay? Do you think? See, I was thinking of that, too, because the two occupy the same space in my head. And I think it boils down to Andrew Dice Clay is the reactionary Joe Episcopo because Joe Episcopo Mm, was very vocally a Democrat for a long time. So I think they're just the inverse of each other. Although Joe Episcopo got, uh, ha ha, what is it? He campaigned for Trump because he was like, oh, yeah, we need someone who cares about the common man. 
Oh, and sure, Donald Trump's sure. like, that's me. Then why don't you why don't you prove you're not a hypocrite by campaigning for me? And so he's like, well, you got me. So he campaigned for Trump. And now he's like reactionary in that way. God damn. What? In, God, I I, I want to sell that guy some timeshares. <laughs> yeah, he's dumber than dog shit. Like, nah, that's a, a look, serious case of dog brain. That's amazing. It's he's disgusting. Yeah. Oh, please die. The sooner the better. Yeah, we'd like that. Uh, Joe Piscopo, if you're listening, and really you've got nothing better to do, so probably. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag him when this episode comes out. <laughs> yeah, just because because I read interviews, he loves his time doing this episode. He's done nothing but like, oh, people recognize me from Star Trek. I love it. I'm so appreciative. I had such a great time. There's an hour long interview with Brent Spiner and Joe Piscopo out there. Christ I ain't watching that. I'm not I'm not gonna watch that, but he loves it, so he might pay attention. So I, I mean, like nobody else is talking about Joe Piscopo, no. so might as well here. Yeah, we talked about him for an hour. And if you listen to the whole thing and you're stewing Joe Piscopo, look, this is a comedy podcast. We say a lot of jokes, so let me just say this: genuinely, kill yourself. It would be very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Treat Williams misses you. Go see him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm not going to go that far, but no. I will I will just agree with you outright. <laughs> um, so, uh, Data kills the audience and the comedian, thank God. Uh, and then Guinan assures Data that being able to laugh or to make people laugh is not the final result to becoming human. Thank God. Uh, Data agrees, but notes that there is nothing more uniquely human than making people laugh. How do we feel mm. about that? Lots of non-human things make me laugh. That's true. Yeah, like when a dog farts. Oh, yep. that's that's hilarious. Yeah. Yep. Funny. Or when a dog licks its dick and y- yep. you get to see the dog's dick while he's licking it. That's funny as fuck. <laughs> Super funny. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, mudslides. Yeah, mudslides. For it. the name and the effects it has on people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no, I, I think there is... I mean, like good Star Trek, there's always a nugget of truth in what they're trying to say. And I definitely think that's the case with this as well, Mm -hmm. because one power that pretty much all of us have is the ability to make the person next to us laugh or smile. And that feels good. It makes them feel good. It makes us feel good. It's a nice little gift that we can give someone that doesn't cost either of us anything, really, hopefully. True. I mean, I'd say on on the flip side, what Okana does is also the most uniquely human thing, because <laughs> it doesn't cost anything until, you know, child support, and right. uh, you know, it's uh, it's something that only humans can do with or should do with each, only humans should do with each other, not dogs. <laughs> you should not fuck a dog. No, you shouldn't fuck a dog. I'm, no matter how hot that dog is, do not fuck it, white women listening. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm coming out and saying it. Uh, this uh, Soy Trek is an anti-dog fucking podcast. <laughs> so definitely don't fuck Joe Piscopo. Oh! No, got him. Grilled him. Yeah, that's yes. right. All right. No, Nate, how do you feel about making people laugh? Like, do you think there's truth in what he's saying? No. Is this, you don't no. think? Come on. <laughs> no, like, here's what it is. It would be a better message if Joe Pishpo was involved with it. Like, I, I think, like, because, yeah, like, data and humor are, are a big plot point for him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's his major character arc aside from, I want to, I want to fuck uh, the security officer. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and he gets that one out of the way fast. He does. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, him not being able to laugh is a big problem for him. And, 
this episode would have been effective if it was any other comedian who could like actually talk about the nature of humor in any intelligent way, but it wasn't. It was Joe Piscopo. I mean, right. If, not, if it were Jerry Lewis, it may have hit differently. Okay. Just pick any comedian. They have thoughts about so, this. So I got to say, I think there are worse comedians they could have chosen. Like, <laughs> imagine like Sam Kinison in this. Yeah. Or, or Andrew Dice Clay. Like, sure. Yep. Yeah. But okay, good comedian then, right? Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be a Jerry Lewis. How but many like, of those you know, were there in 1988, though? Hickory Dickory Dock. Yeah. This droid's as dumb as a rock. It's mm. you know it was a dark time for comedy. You could get um, oh god, what's the guy? Like f- fuck advertisers, blue. He works blue. Um, I know who. Uh, Bill Hicks. Thank you. Oh, okay. God. That left my uh, yeah yeah like you don't get Bill Hicks obviously right he 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 doesn't tell jokes in the traditional sense no but like you know you could get a comedian just talk about humor and it would be fine it would be effective message and I would have related to it more uh, honestly, this one no way in hell yeah <laughs> no honestly Whoopi would have been a much better choice I think yeah mm-hmm. yep yeah. one right there or honestly like I feel like it's weird that they didn't get one of Whoopi's friends. You know, right? Because yeah. she's, yeah. she's she's great friends with fucking Robin Williams, with Billy Crystal, with like all of the most high powered comedians at that time. And you know what? Yeah, I, I feel like um, at least Robin Williams was funny back then. Why not him? Yeah, like, he's he's good at impressions. Ish, I don't know. In his in his <laughs> own. <laughs> yeah, and it, it even, been... even Roseanne could have done a better job than Joe Piscopo. Yeah, this this era is Roseanne for sure. Oh, how about how about Tom Arnold? What do you think about that? <laughs> you know it's hard to tell which one I hate more, Tom Arnold or Joe Piscopo. Um, Tom Arnold. They're both in the same tier of like I don't want to be funny because I like making people laugh. I want to be funny because I want to be popular. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't. They don't care about entertainment. Yeah. I. I feel like with Tom Arnold, it's more like I want to be, f- but you know, I want to make people laugh because then they have cocaine for me. Yeah, which is True. I, I feel like that's that's the one thing that drives Tom Arnold. Like every time I see him, like I see the man's eyes, and I'm like, that man's looking for coke. I mean, you can see it in McHale's Navy when they shoot like shots from behind his back. You can see him chomping his jaws. It's great. <laughs> it's like Piscopo has the same energy, but without the coke. I mean, there's yeah, coke his, there. It's just not as much. His cocaine's the gym. Like honestly, <laughs> he's a fucking meathead. Oh man, he's Wor- worst type of person. Yeah, he, he probably snorts creatine instead. <laughs> no, like this, like without Joe Piscopo, this would have been a banger episode. Like it would have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and oh, you know all the women stuff. Like <laughs> they, they they figured out like the pregnancy stuff that would have made it better too. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, last part of the episode. Um, Data tells a joke, inadvertently makes everybody laugh, and O'Connell leaves. The end. You take my wharf, please. Yeah. yeah. That's that's honestly the funniest joke it is. It yeah. is, it yeah. Is, it is pretty fucking funny, yeah. Even though, like, the take my wife, please jokes by this... I mean, now, they're completely outdated. It's like a comedy trope to make fun of them. So mm-hmm. I don't see how, like, 200 years in the future, like, it'd be funny at all. Uh, but the, but the, the subversion of it with the wharf is funny in context, but it's still a 1980s fucking joke, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Dated as shit. God, the, you know what? I, sh- I should do an entire hour set just about how much I hate my wife. 
I, th- I think that'd be amazing. You do it. Yeah. Talk about like, you know, like, oh yeah, no, I, I've found a plot in the forest that would be perfect. And if you plant an endangered species, they can't take it up. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like, God, everyone, I hate my wife and she hates that I'm gay. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I wasn't doing an hour of that. That would be so good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's a lovely dress, wife. I'm going to look so much better in it when you're Ooh. in the ground. <laughs> no, that's that's good. That's a winner right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think there's some meat on this bone. <laughs> I, there's, there's meat on the wife bone. <laughs> there, there's, yeah, there's always meat on the The only bone. time I feel gay is when I'm sucking my own cum out of my wife's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meaty. Wow. Jesus Christ. I think that's a great place to end. I yeah. yeah. Fuck wives. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck my bitch wife. Yeah, take take my wife, please. Um if if we learned anything from this, I think it's take our wives, please. Please take her. Yeah. <laughs> take my wife. Take take our wives and Joe Piscopo, if you're listening, take your life. There it is. There you You're go. a droid and I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> bingo, bingo. Bring it right back around. That's that's what we call a callback, people. That's, that's what it. comedians do. What Joe Piscopo doesn't get anymore when he tries to get rolls. <laughs> and cocaine. Yeah. More cocaine. Sorry, Joe. So, um, I think that's about it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, boys, so much for uh, coming on here. Do you have any, any pluggables? Anything you want to shout out? Uh, like yeah, we have the Bruce Campbell podcast. Mm-hmm. We have that. Um, Anamorphic Times still on the internet. If you yeah. want to listen to that, mm-hmm. you want to hear uh, my like, butt. My butt's pluggable. Your, yeah, your butt. Very much it is. Yeah, yeah. We we have those things. We have more things coming too. Um, if you like shitty, well, not shitty. There are some great movies. Uh, if you like Bruce Campbell, if you don't, if you want to hear us idiots talk about movies, come give us a listen. Uh, do whatever you want. But just don't be like Joe Piscopo, I guess. That's a great lesson. That's the real didactic I think we should all learn here today. I mean, exercise, yeah. Do that. Go to the gym, yeah, yeah uh-huh. for sure. But don't become Joe Piscopo. No. Okay. No. Don't do not do the racist stuff. That's <laughs> not, not unless you have a very successful podcast, and then uh, apparently it's okay. Yeah, like 60000 a month? Are you fucking kidding me? What? Yeah, they're still making that even after they, they, they flipped around to not doing the same show at all anymore. Uh, wild. Yeah, yeah right. I'm down wild. I, I, I canceled my membership after Stavi left, but they're still I mean, yeah, you had to. He was he's the best part of that show. He was the only like non toxic part of the show, really, is what <laughs> yes, it was. Exactly. It's like I don't feel good listening to the show now because it's like two guys who just like play off each other's worst sensibilities and I'm like mm-hmm. God, I don't like. It used to be like hanging out with like some mildly problematic friends, and now it's like sitting around two problematic enemies. So I, I don't know. I don't know about. Yeah, this it's like. And here's the thing: to bring this back to Piscopo, which this probably won't even make the episode. Whatever <laughs> impression should be used to be something like, "What if, what if Jerry Lewis sucked Frank Sinatra's dick?" Like that is what the bit should be. It shouldn't just be, "I'm gonna sing a Sinatra song like Joe Piscopo," like. For all this problematic bullshit, at least come town to be like, what if RoboCop had a big dick? Like that's that's what an impression should be. I'd buy that for a dollar. Right. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> All right. I think that's uh, going to do it for this episode. Thanks uh, so much once again, uh, the guys from Bruce Campbell Podcast and Anamorphin Time. Uh, go listen to those. I'll uh, go ahead and put the links in the description. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it. So thanks for trekking with us, Soyagers. It's about time for us to warp away, be well, travel safe. And thank you guys both so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having us anytime. Hell yeah. Hang Dong and Shocker. Soy, 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 so